like this. It gives you the notification now about the recording and stuff. It's, mm-hmm. Oh, look who's coming in. Wow, look who's coming in. I have a cigar here. Mm-hmm. How's it going, guys? Wow. Hey, Luciano. <laughs> look at look, look who's here with me here. Don Pichardo. Oh, oh, wow. oh, my goodness. Hey. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we, uh, I, uh, I grabbed, uh, I grabbed one of these, uh, Luciano grabbed, uh, what are you smoking the coop? I got the, I got the Connecticut. I got the Maduro. Look what I'm, look what I'm smoking. I'm smoking the, uh, Lost Angel. Lost Angel. Oh, nice. Oh, I almost should have grabbed I just box. got mine. Yeah, I, I just, just got, got my mine. box. Man, uh, no, I'm not going to say anything. Smoke it. John, you there? Oops. Guys, listen, I'm, I'm, do you know what I am right now? You're in El Salvador. You just landed. <laughs> I am in El Salvador, connecting to Mexico. I'm leaving early in the morning to uh, Guadalajara. Oh, nice. Business or pleasure? Business and pleasure. Ple- pleasure that I'll see my friend. Andrew Gonzalez play for the Mariachis. Oh, and, okay. Uh, in business, because we have a couple of minutes there uh, about distribution. Wonderful. Well, that's good to hear. That is great to hear. I almost started saying, hey, hi, my name is Hojas, uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm very happy to be here tonight. Well, I'm so glad that you can join, Luciano. It's been this is fantastic. <laughs> it's a pleasure, brother. Pleasure. And I have Pichardo here, who doesn't speak English, but if you guys want to talk to him, I will be more than happy to translate. Wonderful. One after two. So I, I, I do I do have a question for Mr. Pichardo. Oh, there you go. So What's I up, got a John? question for Mr. Pichardo. Good, Luciana. How are you, my friend? Good to see you. Good to see you too. It's like, wait, you down? Are you are you down? Where are you guys right now? We are at the hotel nearby the airport of San Salvador. San Salvador. Beautiful. That makes Orlando seem like nothing. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a very small country, uh, but it's a hub to go anywhere in Central America. <laughs> my my favorite story with you, Luciano. I don't know if you remember this. Was uh, two years ago at the PCA show. Um, okay. I entered the free throw and three on three contest in a suit. I and remember dress that. Shoes. Yes, I remember and I beat, that. And I beat Dominique at the free throw contest. <laughs> Now he's not known that. for yeah he's not known for his free throws. However, I still beat one of the top fifty players of all time, Hall of Famer, at a basketball contest. So I will forever be proud of that. That's definitely uh, something to remember. <laughs> bragging, bragging rights for life, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was and, gonna and, say, put it Luci- on your resume. Yeah, I, I actually I do. And Luciano brought that to life. Like that that wouldn't have happened without. Him. <laughs> so who else we got? We got Hector on here. Hector, yeah. thanks for Trip Waldrip. We got Trip hey, in here. We got Coop. Wow. 
So how's everybody doing tonight? We got a little El, El Oso Fumar Herb. Yeah. El Oso Fumar Herb. Who, uh, who couldn't make it, uh, Bear? Um, um, Let's throw him under the bus. Yeah. Let's throw him under the bus. I, I'd, rather, no. I'd rather not. Uh, it, Think, things happen. Things so things we just happen. Uh, no. I mean, I'm not trying to throw the guy under the bus. I mean, hell, you know. I, I mean, he. I am. I am totally trying to. <laughs> okay. Well, I I am too. But you know, I'll, I, I'll let John take the heat for that. We uh, uh we just hope that everything's okay and everything. So I I am thoroughly I'm thoroughly, um, I'm 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 in awe actually uh, of yeah. everyone just coming together. Uh, this that's is, we, this that's is what, fantastic. That's what we do. That's what we do. I don't want to say that I got stopped on the way here, but I got stopped on the way here because I wanted to get here. I didn't want to. I was I was thinking that as I was driving, you were here by yourself. You know, nobody had answered the call, but hell, I don't feel so bad now. So we're good. Hector, don't you have a get out of jail free card in Miami? <laughs> it says re- it says it says retired on it, but still, still, you know, it's we're a big department. You had to, I had to schmooze the guy for a few minutes. You know, I had to schmooze the guy yeah. for a few. Oh yeah, hey, you work in hammocks. Yeah, you know, I, I I used to work there. Oh well, oh, oh, come I, on, go. Uh, yeah, well, hey, uh, guys, there's something historical happening tonight. Yeah, tell uh, us about it. Yeah, uh, this is the first time that Pichard has ever been in a show. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, this is happening tonight. Look, so, Look at so that. that's the why guy, the guy in the that's camera. That's why I have a question. That's why I have a question. I want to know a little bit more about Pachardo. So, obviously, I've got Brian McGee with Crown Heads, and Crown Heads Uh distributes Ace Prime. Um, So, I always have a question. I always ask. I want to know more about Pachardo because I don't think people understand what what he's been doing and and what what has brought you all to where you're at now and the relationship you have. So, if you guys could share a little bit more about what what Pachardo's been doing, what you've been doing, Pachardo would be fantastic. You want to know about Pichardo history or you want to know about our relationship? I want to know about a little bit. I want a brief synopsis of the history. And then I want a little bit of brief synopsis about about the relationship and how this got started and what brought you all to where you're at today. So I want what started, what he's doing, and where you all are at today. Sounds good. So I'm going to do a quick brief then. So uh, Ernie Carrillo introduced us about 14 years ago. Pichardo was... uh, Playing Cuba, uh, he was actually in Brazil for a while. I was uh, blending, uh, working with Ernie, learning about the business. Ernie said, "You should meet this guy. He can help you. He's uh, this amazing encyclopedia of tobacco. You guys should connect." So we connect, and here we are. So this is the short version, right? Uh, Bal Pichado, Pichado worked for Partagas, uh, Vano's essay for for many years. He's one of the developers of the blend uh, of the series DNA of Partagas. Uh, that's kind of how he's uh, known for. Uh, but man, this is a good friend, a guy who uh, taught me a lot. And we, uh, it's one of my mentors and a very good friend. And then I'll let him speak. And I'll try to stress it. He doesn't speak a word of English, by the way. Pichardo. <laughs> Pedindo para que tú conte un poquito de tu historia en el mundo del tabaco. Yo voy a traducir, pero tiene que hablar despacio para que me des tiempo de traducir. Diga que estás escuchando. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hector, we need you back. We need you for backup, Hector. You're here, right? I got you. I got you, Luciano. Go ahead. 
porque no, nosotros, yo vengo de, de la época de, de el Master Arsenio Ramos. All right, he started in the uh, in the era when uh, Ramos was a uh, Ramos was the 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 the, the predestined cigar maker in uh, in Cuba. In, Cu right? in Cuba. Sí, no sé. Yo fui uno de los alumnos de Arsenio Ramos que más que más amonía había entre nosotros porque yo siempre estaba con él a todas horas. Ron Ramos. He's talking, about, he's talking about Arsenio. He's talking about Arsenio. He worked, uh, he worked exclusively in Cuba making some blends. Sometimes the blends will take six weeks, six months, up to a year. In my juventud, I worked much in the world of tobacco because I always wanted to be eh, reconocido por el esfuerzo que, que hicimos cuando comenzamos a trabajar en el mundo del, del tabaco. He's, uh, he's, made a, he's made a considered effort to, to really uh, to, to thrive and to work hard in the cigar industry to, uh, uh, you know, to, to make a name for not just for himself, but what he did before in the company, that, you know, with the people he worked for before. Sí, para mí el tabaco es, eh, eh, es como la sangre, no, es una, una pasión que tengo yo que nunca lo hice por un salario, nunca lo hice por un horario de trabajo, siempre eh, perdí el sentido común de, la, de las horas, cuando, de la hora que era, ni, si era hora de almuerzo, si era hora de comida, si era domingo, perdí el sentido de los horarios cuando estaba dentro de, del proceso de trabajo. And the days of the week, it's uh, it's it's he's in he's enveloped by it. That's awesome. Siempre, siempre lo que lo que más gusté en el mundo del tabaco, lo que más me gustó en el mundo del tabaco fue el el cultivo, la siembra, el procesamiento de la rama, la fermentación, la la curación para obtener los colores, los sabores en la casa de tabaco, en la curación. Es la parte, la la parte menos reconocida en el mundo del tabaco y la parte más importante en la construcción de un puro. Like we've talked about before, Coop, uh, he he really enjoys the aspect of the cigar industry, where it's the planting, the cultivation, the harvesting, the processing of the tobacco, getting the right colors, getting the right fermentation. That's always been that's always been his joy. Lo más importante eh, cuando cuando dominas la la fermentación, la curación de los tabacos. Eso te da, eso te da un, un, un poder, te da un conocimiento para eh, obtener los sabores, las características individuales por cada tipo de tabaco, de regiones, de países. Te da, eh, te da el conocimiento de las características de las hojas de tabaco, qué aporta una cosa, qué aporta la otra, qué te aporta las sales, qué te aporta los and um and and learning what it is to 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 work with fermentation you know the cultivating of the different species you know, the different types of tobacco and the fermentation is where he's really gotten his uh, expertise it really has allowed him to to be able to know what what particular characteristics the tobacco that he's working with has yeah especially acidity salinity 
minerality. Cuando, cuando tienes una, cuando, cuando dominas una gama de sabores de tabaco internacionales y nacionales, como lo quieras ver, eso es lo que te da el, el, el piso, eso es lo que te da la, 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 base. la base para poder eh, construir los diferentes tipos de puro con las características que, que los clientes eh, lo deseen o que los clientes te pidan un tipo de puro con diferentes características, conociendo el origen y el resultado de, la, de las hojas de tabaco después de ser fermentada, es más fácil para un master blender poder llegar a la construcción de un puro con los diferentes sabores que, que solicite el cliente. It's with that, it's, it's in that, in that learning, in that technique that he's been able to, to master, you know, the, the, the different blends, the different tastes, the different types and styles of tobacco that he's been working with. It's what's given him the foundation to succeed at the moment. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, so, gentlemen, I'm just going to interject for a second. I'm, you better believe I'm going to leave this in. So uh, I just want to thank, before we kind of officially kick things off here, uh, I think, well, they already kind of were officially kicked off, but I, I just, I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, uh, you know, Coop and I always talk about it all the time, man. There's, there's no industry like the cigar industry and, you know, everybody helps each other out. And, uh, you know, I put out, I put out a message, uh, you know, 30 oh, minutes ago. SOS. Yeah. And an SOS Mayday 911. <laughs> And uh, everyone, everyone uh, has joined in tonight. So uh, I'd like the uh, the honor and the privilege of uh, of introducing everyone. So uh, I'll just do a uh, like I said, I'm keeping all this in, but I want to just do the formal countdown anyway and kind of get us started here. Got some got some questions to kind of put to this illustrious pension panel, and uh, looking forward to talking with you gentlemen for a little bit. And if anyone's needs to pop off at any time, totally understand. This was uh, this was last second, so thank you so much. So in five, four, three two one good evening and a welcome to ellos of flumar takes this is our 172nd 72nd take what an amazing take it is pinch hitters alike an assortment of amazing guests this is fantastic to have everyone in the house tonight i can't believe i can't believe my eyes i can't believe my ears um without further ado let me get to introductions Uh, it is my honor, it is my privilege to welcome in this assortment of amazing, amazing gentlemen. I, I've got, I've got Luciano Mayrelis of Ace Prime who, and Radio Pichardo who landed in El Salvador literally 20 minutes ago. John Carney, who knows where John is, he travels about 360 days a year. Hector Alfonso of Espinosa Cigars, he uh, got a speeding ticket. He's retired no. for two and a half seconds. No, no, didn't get a ticket, but you know, got a stern warning. Got a he's, still got, he's still got clout. He still has clout. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got uh, I've got Aaron Nielsen, the newest member of the Cigar Coop team, Troop Waldrop of Cigar Federation, and of course, my good friend and partner on Cigar Coop Primetime Special Edition, Mr. Will Cooper, as well. Uh, gentlemen, how is everyone doing tonight? Pleasure to be We here. Love you, Bear. Pleasure to be here with, <laughs> with William Cooper, the Dean of Cigar Media. Yeah, I was watching uh, really bad. I was watching. I was couldn't have said it really, better myself. Couldn't have said it better. By the way, really by the way, let's talk real life. quick about. Let's talk about what Hector just said. The dean of cigar media. That's dean. new. There we go. I don't know if that's been said before. That's beautiful. And, I and sounds, I don't think it's, it's not yeah. it's, 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 it sounds like uh, like senior, you know, <laughs> like old, like you know, he's the the the, the pop here. 
I think this is very, it's not, I wouldn't say regal. It's very prestigious. Uh, if anything, I mean, the Dean, I would love to be, I mean, in the cigar business, they tend to call people the Don, right? So it's like Don, you know, Don Pepin, uh, Don, Don, or Don Padron. Don, like Don gets put in front of your name. I always wanted Don in front of my name, but Don, I think John in Connie. media, it doesn't, yeah, it does. I, I've been called that before, but it doesn't get better than the Dean, I think for media. You know, this is definitely an educational experience. And uh, I, Coop, I think you really should embrace that. I mean, I'm I'm honored, but I'm just a guy who... He's a humble friend, guy. You know, He's I'm a humble a guy. guy. who does what I do, yeah. I mean, I'm honored. You're the dean. I'm very honored. You're the dean. You're and the we dean don't, from here on out. And, and we're not... Like and, and, and people should know better to tug on Superman's cape from now on. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. He knows what I'm talking about. I am. I got no, I don't care. <laughs> but my man, good to, good to be on here. I've never met Luciano. I uh, I think we've uh, we we've talked via through Eric, but uh, it's nice to meet Luciano and uh, Pichado. I've seen That's him in Esteli. Too, man. I've seen Pichado yeah, in Esteli. I didn't I didn't actually know who he was at the time, and obviously John. You know, uh, John is a legend. <laughs> and my good friend, my good friend Trip. Who I'll be up there. We'll be we'll be up there in August to go uh go have some more dim sum, right? Oh yeah, dim oh, sum is yeah. happening. Beautiful. You you and you left that one. Right, oh my God, I didn't see him, Mister. Uh, there is uh Aaron. Hey, how are you, brother? How you doing? How are you, sir? Always good, good, good. to see you. Good, good to be to with you, everybody. I figured I better go get in one of the cigars that uh, from his prime perspective. So I had to jump off camera for a second. So good to see everybody. And, 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 and by the way, for folks who don't know, Aaron is uh, one of the newest members of the Cigar Coop team. And that's how I introduced it. him, Coop. Well, I, I actually, my, my internet cut out for a second, so oh, I apologize. Okay. No, yeah, I, I'm so I, gave, I gave him the I gave him the proper the proper. Okay, time. perfect. So that, yeah, yeah. There was a there was a big hiccup up with my internet, so yeah. This brings up ah. a really good question, though. So <laughs> De- Coop has now been deemed the dean. I like this. So <laughs> what what is a name? What is a nickname or a title? Actually, we'll go with title. That everybody in the room wishes that they could go by, or you know, hopes to one day achieve. So, I mean, this could be anything. This could be your highness. It could be king. Something. It could be prince. I mean, I, the sultan. I don't even know. I'm just throwing stuff. I would. Him. I would think John wants to be grill master. If he's not by now, yeah, John wants say, to be grill master. Bless you, there, John. Carney yeah, came out the womb as the grill master. I've sneezed about five hundred times here, so I'm not going to speak again until I'm done. <laughs> It always happens. I'm back. You know what the problem is? I'm in Orlando right now. I just got here last night. And I've been up in the Northeast. We had a lot of pollen. So I'm adapting to these different climates. And I'm not doing very well here in Orlando. Apparently, the, the temperature change is causing. So, uh, uh, excuse Bless me. You. <laughs> the, the name, I, I think Grillmaster, I would love that. But I don't know if that's the official title. I think I'd like to be Don Jonathan. Don, like you see these people from like Europe, they got like Hans in front of their name. Like you have um, Klaus from uh, Davidoff. From Davidoff, that's like Klaus. What's his name? Klaus Peter. Klaus Peter. Like I'd like to be Hans Jonathan or Don Jonathan or like Klaus Jonathan. Like whatever I have to do to get another shorter name in front of my name. Before that happens, I think it's a pretty big deal. And I think some of that happens from birthright. 
And I think Hans is another. So that's Hans. That must mean something, right? Hans, something, Klaus, something, <laughs> Dawn, something. I don't know if that means the same thing, but if I could have anything in front of my name, it'd be a big deal. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> By the way, can we can we can we bring something up real quick? So Andrew here, the new friend from Coop. I'm going to swoop. He either looks like he's in a Queen music video. I know, right? Or, or he's like Ron White Jr. He looks like Ron White. He looks like, like a, a floating Ron head. White. It's like a yeah, floating then, head there, yeah. yeah. And then he's like I, I Ron always, White in, in a Queen music video. I should uh, I should go um, change shirts because I you know the black on black, but the floating head is 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 you know. I probably very cool. Know. I'm not no, gonna lie to you. It's, it's, it's cool. a great. It's a great look, Aaron. Yeah, it's a great look. look. Well, so, oh, well, Aaron, not Andrew. Sorry, Aaron. I, I called you Andrew. John, your your reputation precedes yourself from a state <laughs> standpoint, um, and I've been called far worse than Andrew um, in the past, so that's fine. Um, I was thinking about the the what I'd like to be called. You know, um, Gretzky being called the Great One. I mean, that's really damn good. I mean. If, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if his wife ever calls him that, but that would be a really good one. Um, well, you know, governor. I mean, you know, if you're a governor, I, I say, you know, greetings, governor. Hello, governor. Hello, Hello governor. Sorry, sorry Aaron. Uh, you're now Andrew Aaron Nielsen. Just to let you know, so <laughs> yeah. I already Andrew put a name in front. You're Andrew Aaron Nielsen. Okay, okay that's fine. That's fine, yeah. John. And I used to live in Orlando, so I can I feel your pain with the allergies. Oh, dude, so it's hot down here. So Trip, Trip, what about hit. you? I want, I want to know, Trip. You got, you have to have something. I mean, you've played enough video games where there's like enough titles and you know, like <laughs> things that get thrown around. You have to have something in your back pocket. I know you do. The I defendant. Mean, uh, well, two, <laughs> I was gonna say two things, but really three things. First, I, I don't like have a desire to be called anything like that. Just call me whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, second, John, don't feel bad. The first time I ever hosted a show, like four and a half years ago the guest on the show i was like filling in it was like a night like tonight uh only the guy's co-host couldn't show up so i showed up to interview uh storm bowen from cigars for warriors and he called me trent for an hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> every time i every time i was like oh it's trip i didn't want to like embarrass him or anything so i just kind of like quietly tried to sneak it in there uh but the third thing is like the only nickname i have these days is trippy trent which Came from that incident, incident where uh, you That's know, what a, a lot of people from. didn't okay. know what my name. Okay, was. yeah, I've heard that before. I never, yeah, you know, I never knew the origin of it. Yes, yeah, so my first well, time. If nobody, on, if nobody like, else calls, I'll just say, if nobody else calls Aaron Andrew from here on out, like I, you, I'm going to refer to him as Andrew for the rest of all time. <laughs> like he, he's, his name has been changed. <laughs> uh, but the the name that I would choose is Commodore. Call me Commodore. Yeah, Trump. the Commodore. Yeah, cool. I like that. That's a good. That's a good one. <laughs> Luciano, I'm 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 eager to I'm eager to hear from you on this. It's more of a fun fun topic. Uh, we have a lot of good, deep, philosophical discussions. I feel like all the time. So it's nice to get some fun. It's fun answers and stuff in from you too. I like I like joking around with you too. Oh man, you know I I don't know, dude. I. It's kind of weird when we when we deal with uh, with our European distributors. Uh, some of them kind of brand me as as Don Luciano, 
and, and there's a there's an awesome uh, Spanish wine called called Don Luciano. So I, I think that sounds cool, but to be quite frank, uh, I it doesn't sound right in my ears. You know, uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, you know, the whole like the, the word Don. Uh, and Hector can help me here. Uh, it's a contraction of Donio, just like Duen, uh, Donia, which like means Donia, absolutely. It, 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 it refers to ownership. Like uh, it, it has to do with actually uh, the uh, uh, post-industrial uh, revolution thing, where if you own if you own something, you don't have to have a degree, you don't have to have a noble title. Uh, if you own something, they call you Don because you you the owner. Donio means owner, so like Don Pichardo means the Pichardo owns something. So we own, we gotta respect him by calling him the owner of something, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Uh, my my wife calls me Lou, and close friends, <laughs> uh, you know, in uh, especially in the US, they call me Luchi. It's just kind of. Sounds weird too, but I got used to it. I, I don't know if I could ever, if I could ever have. I mean, I, I, I feel like I feel like we've built a great friendship over the years. I don't know if, if I could ever be comfortable calling you Lucci. That would just, I don't know. That's a, <laughs> that's a certain think, certain level of informality that I'm just not comfortable with. Don, Don Lucci, Don Lucci kind of sounds Italian. Yeah, I was gonna say that's very pretty. That's the Godfather esque. You just like that's the guy yeah. who like di- you know like it's you the know, guy uh, who's working. He's the guy who's controlling the wharf. Don, you know, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, Don he's, Lucci. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that that back down at the port. Yeah, kind of guy who comes in comes in the restaurant through the back, never comes in the front door. That kind of guy. Never. Never. Hector, you're not getting enough on the hook on this. But speaking of great nicknames, I mean, look who just arrived in the room today. We got Mr. Ben Lee, also, uh, also known as the Bull Shark. So love it. I've been I've been talking to Ben for three years, and I've never heard Bull Shark before. So you know, it's all about Bull bull Shark approved, man. Really. Yeah, Seth I, gave him that. Was you've that been good? you've yeah. been on the you've been on the draft show a couple of times. We've talked a couple of times. Bull Shark never came up, so Bull Shark's uh, legit. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Long Seth time. gave me that years ago. Yeah, he, he sent me something in the mail, called me Bull Shark, and then he kept referring to me as Bull Shark. Seth has a so great. I had name to name you. I, yeah, yeah tuna. big tune. So the big tune. Yeah, we would talk all the time about you know on this on the show or whatever we would do stuff about Cuba cigars and. Mm-hmm. It was him, and then what was that? Catfish, catfish, big tuna. He said, "We got to get you a name." So I figured you're on. You live on the Gulf Coast, so bull shark. I'm like, okay. I'm, yeah, gonna, so I'm gonna call. Whatever. I'm gonna call you bull shark from now on, dude. The worst things. Seth, <laughs> that's, yes, that's perfectly fine. Seth yeah. has a, that, that big tuna is a great name. When I when he started when he went hot and heavy during uh, COVID, and he was doing all the all the Cuban cigar talk, I started calling him uh, uh, comrade. Which is what they called each other over there, in Cuba. <laughs> so he didn't. Uh, he wasn't fond of that. But uh, that's a good. That's a good nickname, Bull Shark. All right, Hector, you're up. What, is there is there a title uh, a title that you would uh, want to go by? No, no, no. I I, I kind of like the little nickname that that they hit me with a couple of years ago. It's kind of stuck. So, Mister Warmth. Mister Warmth. I mean, Beautiful. for the guys who have who know me, I'm 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 a super warm guy. I don't understand where this where all this. Uh, this this comes from. I mean, I'm 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 super friendly, aren't I, Coop? You been yes. <laughs> I was gonna yes, say the silence. There are certain guys. There are certain guys that push your button. Here's the here's the problem. There are certain guys that push your buttons. 
right? Yeah, there are. So he, it, he's, he's very good. And that's where, and I think that's where the name came from. And you yeah. can, we could probably think of who those people are to push your butt. They're not that <laughs> no, many, but yeah. They're not that many. They're not that many, but yeah. Uh, hey, look, man. I, I you know, uh, Don Hector was, Don Hector was weird when I got to Nicaragua. I've been going to Nicaragua now for nine years, and that Don Hector was really, because uh, Don Hector was my father. You know, so it was it was weird to hear Dong Ektod for the first time, and then I'm like, damn, am I? It made me feel older, or it made me feel already older than than what I am. So uh, when they call me Don, I I used to I used to cringe, but it's a, it's a sign of respect when they say that to you down there. So you just kind of embrace it and and move forward and stuff. But uh, no, I I like I can I can keep Mr. if I can keep Mr. Warmth, I'm good with that. So I've always wanted to put the name Esquire at the end of my name because it's it's a term commonly <laughs> referred for lawyers, right? Like it's 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 protect, you know, you know, it's it's used in the legal profession for the most part. But actually, the word Esquire is not really it 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 requires no requirement. You know, it's not like you have to. It's not like royal lineage. You don't have to be born into it. It's not like something earned, like a PhD or a doctorate. You can literally everyone on this panel could refer to themselves as. So and so, so and so, Esquire. So I, I've I've always kind of toyed with that, like just just like you know, if you know, putting on a byline or everything, just but like Bear Duplessis, Esquire. I think you know, it has like it has this 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 ring to it. That's but it does have an air of certification, you know. It's, yeah, exactly. You know, it makes me I've, sound like I've, I'm more I've, legit than I am. It's pretty. I'd cool. like to be called. I'd like to be called Monsignor, but you know that could also take you in a whole different direction, you know. So hey, it's. Coop. Coop, can you change my business card real quick? Can you put Esquire after my name? He can do that as long as he puts Andrew. Andrew Aaron Esquire. Esquire. I always said that if uh, if I were to hit the lotto, I would change. I would get one of those rich guy names where I would use my first initial, then my middle name, and my last. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to do that. That's also really popular in the legal profession too. I've got the worst. I have the worst middle name. I have the worst middle name in the world. What so it's, it? oh, I mean, you know, I've, I've done really good to keep that a secret for like 32 years. So, I've, uh, the, uh, yeah. So like all those, I'll tell you, these, these, these Latin people that, that have these questionable hey. middle names, they hey. usually just refer to their middle name as X. So like, oh, it's my middle name's X. It's because they hate their middle name. So like, I don't know what it is. It can't be that bad, but they always say, oh, my middle I'm name is X. I'm going to tell you guys what my middle name is. My father was so proud and so happy when he left Cuba and he came to this country. He and, and, and you got you to gotta understand the story just so you can see how uh, a young immigrant coming to this country, you know, kind of, kind of fucked it up a little bit. Uh, when I asked him where I got this middle name, he goes, I was so happy to come to this country and so glad that I could come to the United States that I wanted to name my son after the first American president. So you would think my name would be Hector Washington. Alfonso, it's not. It's You're Hector George. Jefferson. It's Hector Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> he was off by he was off by two presidents. My dad was off by two presidents. Oh. What do you tell him? You know, he's a poor young refugee from Cuba. You know, he meant well. He really, his heart was in the right place. I love the name Jefferson. Oh my gosh! But it's, it's a fantastic rich man's name. Uh, I'd like you to meet H. Jefferson, the H. Jefferson Alfonso Foundation. That sounds like a foundation yeah. with money. Oh, yeah. Hector, Hector uh, Alfonso's foundation doesn't sound like it has two nickels, but the H. Jefferson Foundation that sounds like it's it's gonna. Oh, we're we're sponsored. That's good. That's got legs, man. That's going some places. That's yeah. that's gold, baby. Yeah. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. Look, you're named after our uh, Renaissance uh, president. 
Uh, absolutely. A guy who liked to fuck around with the help. Nothing wrong with that. You know, <laughs> I just think that you and Andrew could really make a go at it. Hector. I, you know, <laughs> it, it, could, it could actually change the whole dynamic of who I am. H. Jefferson Alfonso. That's a, we might go with that in 2022, Coop. We're going to see. We're going to try it out. Yeah, Thanks, H. Jefferson I, Cigars I, by Eric Espinosa. Oh, I like that. Uh, what, yeah, we can get Eric, on, Eric can't get Eric on board with that, but I like where we're going with that. Yeah, the what's uh, new, well, the what's you know, new, what's uh, new in the cigar industry. Everything's always what's new, what's and, new. And, what's and new is Ace Jefferson, baby. The Ace Jefferson's hot right now. So, John, no, bro, uh, my, my better, this better. That's not as good as Alpha Dog, though, you know, bro. Well, oh, John, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Bro, bro, bro. bro. Come on. So, my, uh, my, brother's, my brother's middle name is actually X, believe it or not. Is, is X. X. My middle yeah. name's Ace. My middle name's Ace, so Luciano, that would be good for uh, for uh, for him. So I got Ace. Well, wait, there may be a your your your, your middle your middle name is Ace, like Ace, Ace like Ace Fraley, like Ace Fraley, I suppose. Yeah, wow. That, wow. that's awesome. That's How awesome. many Aces have there been? There's Ace Fraley and Stroker Ace. Remember the movie Stroker Ace? That's the only oh, other. Hell yeah. uh, that's the only other Ace I've ever heard. That's cooler. It better than Jefferson. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm still loving that man that you told me to this Jefferson. I mean, I would never dare call it to you because obviously you kept it a secret for many years because you don't like it. I would never. Well, so much for that. Didn't, you, didn't yeah. you expect something so much worse than Jefferson? I really did. Like, part? I just yeah. like expected like something with John, like, 18 syllables and it listen, was, like when you know, you're when you're like John, when your circle, when your circle is a bunch of guy named Juan and George and Sergio true, and true, Carlos. True. Jefferson has no place in that. <laughs> Jefferson has no place in that fucking thing right there. You know? I mean, I get it. I get it. I just, I was expecting much worse. Oh. Yeah. Hey, hey guys. Pichardo has a question. Please. He, he wants. A mí me gustaría saber quién está fumando los puro Pichardo. He wants to know who's smoking a Pichardo product tonight. That's, that's right exactly. here. Well, look at this. Right look here. at look at. He's I, never I been on a. He's never been on a broadcast, and it's the perfect segue. That's what I was going to ask next. I've I've got I've got a uh, I've got a Pichardo, uh, Connecticut. Um, Pichardo, Connecticut. And uh, I, I, Aaron has one in either. He's got one in on deck, and I know Coop is Coop is smoking something too, right? Yeah, I got I got the Maduro. Oh, yeah, boy. I got the and Connecticut Tri on deck uh, myself. And Trip is smoking oh, mean Diaz. Yeah, I do have. I sadly am not smoking. I am not smoking one because we had uh, we were together last week and I had my last cup of Casial, so uh, I don't. But I'm smoking a cigar that Willie Herrera gave me yesterday. I'm not even smoking an Espinosa today, so don't tell Eric. All right, keep it keep it on the download. I did. Uh, I, I did smoke a couple of Espinosas this week because Eric, Eric oh, he handed them out to me. Uh, fantastic cigars, fantastic cigars. Thank you. And I, and I see thank that John is smoking something. To the nub there, just like us here. So see, burning my finger. Look at this guy. Look, oh, look at the You know, you wouldn't think that he was like the national sales manager and probably has more, but he's the. That must be a hell of a cigar he's smoking. I, I I'm very low supply. I just got into town tonight. You know, my shipment hasn't shown up yet. Oh, okay. John, do you want to? I'm, I'm. You want to roach for that, John? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I'm very much, uh, you know, rationing my smoking tonight. So I'm going to smoke <laughs> this for about another hour. This <laughs> Somebody get John a roach clip. I got I, I got some for you guys if you want. There's 120 cigars here. Oh, nice. Oh, look at that. 
in an, right. in an ammo yeah. box that's branded. No. Are those, is that the is that the latest uh, accessory le- release from Ace Prime? The 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 ammo box with the the stickers on it. You like that? I do. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah Luciano, you, you should have gave me more idea. of those at uh, Weasel Fest, man. Should have had, right. had, had some more of those at uh, Weasel Fest. That was great. That San Andreas was fantastic. Hey, Luciano, do you yeah, have you have sure. affiliation with this, right? A Cuban experience, right? Out no, of, we uh, we actually uh, we actually made. Uh, I I created the blend. We made the cigars for them. They are a small shop, not a small. They're actually a big shop in. Uh, in uh, Wakanda, Wakiga. Illinois. They're Wakigan. Wakigan, the right Illinois. Me, so I, I got these from the, at their shop. Wakanda. Yeah. Yep. Wakanda forever. <laughs> so we, uh, I was like, Wakanda, oh gosh, it's, it's a real place. Oh, my gosh. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> from Wakigan, Illinois. And, and by the way, I used to live uh, just got a few few minutes from there, too. So I don't know why why I messed that's up a, with the That's name. a great but shop. Anyways, it's, nice to see, it's nice to see they're doing well and still pumping yeah, along. It's so a great, we, little, we made... great little shop in a really cool town. We made we made this batch back in 2018. Uh, we never manufactured them again because uh, they they are they are shops, so they sell internally. Uh, so you know, but we did that project with a lot of pride, and and I like those guys. I love uh, Billy and uh, and his entire family. They do a great job there. Yeah, they do. This is one of my favorite. I have a couple boxes of of these on hand. Um, I got them from. I think it's Kathy's or Debbie. I forget her name. Uh, ordered from, from it's an excellent cigar. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. You know, we we, we, we love we love those private clients that we can work with, and and, and to be quite frank, you know, we, we have reduced a lot the amount of uh, private clients we work with, uh, and you know, we we like to we like to work with friends. You know, that's. That's the joy of this business. Just like I was talking to Eric the other day, and we're planning a bunch of stuff for the PCA. And uh, I think I probably talked to Eric Spinoza, I don't know, three, four times this week already. Uh, that's something that I've been repeating over and over. But what differentiates this, this industry than any other industry is that, uh, I don't know, we, we, we are like a family, you know? This, this not, no, we, we don't survive isolated you know uh we all rely into each other you know uh a lot of these guys buy tobacco from us we trade tobacco we we buy we buy wrappers we buy uh some stuff from uh, other countries so we, we have to be connected you know and support each other that's the whole the whole point a lot of people think that there's a, this kind of competition all the time and i don't think there is to be to be honest i think there, there might be a difference between you know, like the the very very small boutique companies, then the medium sized companies, and the the large corporations. Where large corporations probably don't, I don't know, <laughs> don't, don't I even would have say, the time. I would say the most unique situation in this business is no company is able to make unlimited amounts of cigars to meet demand. Uh, the company I That's work right. for is a perfect example of it. The demand for our product is much higher than what we can make. And it is for most companies, you know, you can take general and Altidus and the, the big companies out of that picture. Uh, you know, if they could make an extra, you know, if they could grow a hundred percent, they'd love to, you know, and their investors would love it. But for the most part, this business, like I need retailers 
to be able to sell other cigars to be able to buy mine when we necessarily can't keep up with demand or, or, or there's a gap. Like when there's a retailer that's doing a great job with multiple brands, and whenever you're successful is when you're diversified, uh, especially in this business, when you can sell multiple brands and that creates a really friendly atmosphere with your competitors. Like I don't look at anyone in this business as my competitor. And we get asked that question a lot on a business level, like what, who's your biggest competitor? It's really hard to answer that question uh, because it doesn't really exist as much in this business. I do compete against you because everybody only has so much to spend, right? But yeah. if you know we can't make endless amount of cigars, nobody can. So you, you need to have that healthy business because we need retailers to be healthy. We need them to be able to sell other cigars because that allows them to buy your cigars. If they were just selling one brand, I mean, I... I don't know if you've ever walked into a store that sold one brand of cigars because if you did, they'd probably go out of business. It just wouldn't exist. Um, so that, that's a very healthy in our business, I would say. Especially and, you know, especially with now everybody. I mean, I know for I know we are and and I know for sure LFD is, uh, you know, the backwater situation is greater than it's ever been. I mean, you know, yeah. you're 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 you're. Hey, I'm sorry. I don't have yes, this. But hey, is. I have this. This is very I good. Walked, too. I walked in today. I'm in Orlando, so you can guess where I walked into. But I walked sure. into one of the top, one of the largest retailers in the United States uh, and in the world. And they, this is the lowest I've ever seen the backstock for every brand, ever. And their place was busy. They had 150 people sitting inside. And I'm sitting there. And I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I was like, thank God <laughs> they have these relationships with everybody and with my competitors that they can have this because – like uh, you need to have some people need to keep smoking cigars. And if, if people weren't working together and we weren't as friendly as we are as an industry, it, it would never work. And now is a better example than ever of the friendships and the relationships in this business, creating an environment that's uh, that's great for the consumer where, where they have great products to smoke. Um, you know, and that's a reality. And as I said, this, if anything over the last year and a half has shown has been how these, how we all come together and get along and work together because what's good for you is good for me because what's good for the consumer is what's important at the end of the day. I'm I'm fascinated that you still get asked that, John. I, I I'm 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 actually floored by it. The fact that you get asked who your biggest competitor is in this in this industry. Are these like regularly new retailers or like mm, like yeah. existing like long tenured business like retailers. retailers, consumers, everybody's interested in how the business works and in sure. all other businesses there's a lot of competitors and, and there are in our business too, but it's just we're close together. Like, I need Luciano to sell a lot of cigars. Uh, you know, like, th there needs to be places when I can't meet a need or some or Eric can't meet a need or, or whoever. Uh, you know, there's, there's no way that anybody could even, could double their business or make unlimited amount of cigars and, and prepare and present the same type of product. So, um, you know, this is a really special business. And it's fortunate that most of the cigars people smoke nowadays are fantastic. Uh, you know, and everybody's got great products coming on that that's healthy for the business. It's it's absolutely true what John says. You know, you sit down, especially if you have a shop that you that you tend to frequent, and the the guys at that shop have become they become kind of spoiled because you know a lot of cigar guys stop through there because they come into town and and they want to they want to hang out with Jack or myself and and these guys hear they hear how we talk about things and they always ask the questions and I and I try to make it uh, I try to make the answer as difficult as possible. It's not about, you know, it's not about competing. It's just about, you know, 
you know, there are certain brands that, you know, I told them that we have this huge pie, you know, there's this huge pie and every, every manufacturer is a pie. And then, you know, you have this, uh, oh my God, what do you call it? A, a Venn diagram where everybody kind of has a little piece of this and a little piece of that. And they kind of look at me and I said, look, what's important is that, you know, that we're, that we're able to make cigars. And when we don't have a particular brand of Atola or a particular skew, Hey, you know, you're, and you're a, you're an Espinosa guy or you're a crowned head guy or, you're, you know, well, you know, I'm moving on to this one. I'm moving on to that. the, the pandemic has really helped some of the slower moving, some of the more slower moving skews who, you know, weren't getting as much attention or much love before, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's just a great, this is a great business. But John says you want retailers just because you can't, you know, the, you, you want retailers to succeed so they can pay their bills and they can, you know, order more cigars. That's what you want. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I can add to that, both well said, both you guys, uh, is more important than moving your cigars is getting people in and out of the shop. Like if if there aren't other like Fuente, if a guy isn't going to come into the shop and look for Fuente, there's no way he's going to find your cigar. He needs to come into the shop and you need to have like all those brands there, uh, you know, kind of running the gamut. No, that, that's a fair point, Trev. And that, that's also like why we say in the retail game too, that's what that, that's what the, and that's why, and I, I don't want to speak for Hector and Luciano and John, but I think they'll agree with me on this point. That's why that they, they're some of their favorite shops around this country are the ones with the, the best staffs. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Absolutely. the best owner or not even, you know, but the best, the best enthusiastic right. staffs, because again, to your point trip, when someone comes in for Fuente, they're leaving, they're leaving with a Luciano, the dreamer, they're leaving with exactly. a La Flor Dominicana, uh, you know, you know, double hero. They're leaving with, uh, they're leaving with an Espinosa Habano. They're leaving with these cigars. I just named like my favorites from all three of them, but whatever, it doesn't matter. They're not, not even in the same gamut of the palette spectrum, but that's fine. Um, but I, I think that's, that's a, that's a great point uh, as far as uh, allowing traffic to come in, because then that like, like John said, he needs Luciano to sell. Some- so, um, so this is an interesting flip on the question because we trip you. I mean, you've you're with Cigar Federation, Ben. You've been with a couple of rev- uh, a couple of media outlets for a number of years, and yet here we are, the three of uh, the three of us tonight, and Coop. I have my own brand, but I work alongside Coop. I mean, even in the media game, the cigar industry kind of shifts away. And I know we kind of hinted on a subject from earlier this week. I'm not getting into that. That's not my point. But I'm saying is how the how the industry as a whole very generally is, is about helping out the next person. And, and, and we really, we really come together when it mean when it, when it, when it needs to happen. I just have yeah, something every- to say, I, I was, I was never invited by cigar federation to be in their show. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we haven't done interview shows for almost a year, but I'm going to give you the first slot once we start doing interviews. Oh, how about that? Again. There you go. How about that? Oh, there you go. You promised online. All right. Yeah, now I said a... it on the air, so now I can't take it back. Yeah, I was going to say, he's good. He'll, he'll make good uh, on he, it, too. By the, way, by the way, Luciano's schedule is pretty busy, so you're gonna have, it's going to be a long time until he can pitch you. <laughs> he I'll came figure in it out. from El Salvador. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I, always, I always make time for you guys. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. He, sa- he sends the message. If any of you guys missed this, okay, and then to my audience out there, okay, so – 
I, like I said, I, I put out, I put out the message that, you know, we had an unfortunate situation where my guests couldn't make it tonight and I needed anyone and everyone to come on. And we were going to have like, I guess an old fashioned, uh, you know, kind of, uh, kind of her style, but uh, throwing around some important questions. Like we've already come covered tonight and Luciano <laughs> sends this message. He's like, I just landed in El Salvador. I'll be on in 20 minutes. I mean, it was, was, it was impressive. Was. <laughs> yeah. It was impressive. Cause I was, I'm, I was in on the chat and I'm sitting there and I read all I'm in San Salvador. I was like, Oh, Luciano's on. And then I let, read the next sentence. I'll be on in 20 minutes. I was very, very impressed. Well, that's why I got. That's why I got my. That's why I got stopped because I'm like, I'm not gonna let a guy who's flying in from El Salvador beat yeah. me. I'm yeah, local. Like, I'm I got to get. Because hey, you know you're no, going. Yeah, oh, but there's a guy, and there's a guy in El Salvador who's gonna get on before me, bro. Come on, you gotta let me get out of here. You know? I wanna. I, I wanna say something. Maybe just gonna to make a point here. If. If Bear calls me and said, I need you, I, that's what I do with friends, you know? And, and yeah. the same the same thing like with Eric, uh, it's been awesome this week. He called me, bro, and I always take this phone call. No matter, it's just like, you know, if my daughter calls, I'm in a very important meeting. Who cares? I'm going to step out and just give her five minutes and, and see what, what's going on, what she needs. And, you know, I think that's how we, I think we all are like that. You know, it just happened. That I was actually deplaning uh, here in, in El Salvador, but I think all of you guys will probably do the same. Here we are. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're all here right now. I'm Absolutely. I'm actually in Antarctica right now, <laughs> and I'm just I'm just here for the free South Sunday, South so. Antarctica, isn't this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just land, just land. We're the free samples. I well, was told by Coop that that's what's going to be here, so I'm here for the free samples. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very good. Very good, Andrew. Very good. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew's uh, learning quickly. No, I, I'm very, I'm very touched. I'm very touched by all of you. I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I know, uh, I know Andrew slash Aaron uh, probably the least out of this group. And, and, uh, you know, I said, hey, Coop, if you want to, um, because I know he's not on Facebook, I was like, hey, if you want to ping Aaron, I would love to have him on too. And, and, uh, and, I'm I'm very I'm very moved. It's 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 really hard for me not to get emotional over here. I'm really moved by all everyone's attendance tonight, and uh, um, you know even a couple of people messaged and said they couldn't make it, and that's <laughs> the fact that they even messaged. You know, I mean it was just unbelievable. Um, but I'm I'm excited about this collection of folks here too because uh, um, we're we're um, you know the for the companies that are represented. Um, you know this is a, this is an exciting time of year. The trade shows coming up in a few weeks. Um, now is, um, is, uh, is everyone, uh, is everyone going to be attending or, um, or are other plans being made, uh, around this year's, uh, this year's trade show? I mean, after one year absence, I know that, uh, all of us are kind of really eager to, to really get back together. And I know it happened a couple of weeks ago at TPE, but, uh, um, but, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just curious is, uh, are there, are there any, is there anything special going on around the show or are you planning on attending? Uh, all, all I can all, all all I can say all I can say is I cannot say I cannot tell yet, uh, but Hector knows what I'm talking about probably. Uh, there, there's something special that Ace Prime, Espinosa Cigars, and Crown Heads, and one more guy that that I'm not sure yet. Uh, there will be a big surprise coming from this company, specifically on the straight show. Well, that's exciting news. That's all. I, that's all I can say <laughs> for now. Interesting. But 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 next uh, week there'll be some more interesting information. 
All right. Well, good. Good. Well, we'll, we'll all be here for that. It may be teaser free, but Bear Show definitely is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, we'll, on the coop, on the coop rule, the guest is allowed to tease. It's just we I, coop doesn't tease. Oh, so, gotcha. That, that's well, it. That, but but I, I've never told the guest they couldn't tease. Yeah, we'll, like Luciano said, we'll be at the show. Uh, I think John, you guys are going to the show as well, right? I think I got to get going. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're we're actually not going to be at the show. Oh, you're not going to be at the show this year. We're not going to be at the show. No, and we're not. We're not trying to make a, a statement about it. Um, I, I think anyone that works in the Dominican Republic for premium cigars or owns a factory like we do, uh, the pandemic has been brutal in terms of demand. It's just out of control. But we can't keep up. Our factory just got back to regular production last week. Oh my gosh! Um, for wow. over for all, so you're thinking like we're over 16 months, 18 months. Um, so we won't be at the show. It's for us. We're, I said, we're not trying to make a statement. Um, it's, it's nothing against PCA. We're obviously very supportive of what, what they're doing on a political agenda um, in the industry as a whole. Um, what we're focusing on right now is focusing our efforts on getting caught back up. I mean, we're, we're, we're months behind um, in terms of production schedule. And it said that the show for us would be to take to take our factory team, Lido runs the factory. Um, to take him out of the factory for two weeks in a time where we're just coming out of a very challenging moment would be very challenging. And I, I want the show to be very successful, obviously. Um, but for us, uh, you know, our focus and all of our resources need to be focused on getting caught up. And it's it really that way. Um, you know, that's why we haven't we haven't made a big statement. I know there's been some other media sources that ran a story last week that we're not going. Um, a whole story. You know, to, to talk about it. Yeah, story. Honestly, it was funny because I was asked, like, are you going to the show? And my only response was no. And then there was like three paragraphs written. And I have no issues with that. People can write what they want. Uh, but we, we're not trying to make any type of statement about the PCA. We're not trying to be against it. We're really just trying to focus on making sure our retailers have the products that they need. And, and those efforts need to be focused in the factory. So we won't be out there this year. We, we have no plans for any new products right off. Um, and the last thing we need to be doing is a deal um, to try to incentivize increased business. Um, that's not fair to our existing retailers who are waiting on products. So, yeah, it's challenging. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's we're in a unique environment right now where people want uh, attendance to be based off of making a statement. And it's really not that, uh, you know, we're not general. We're not Altidus. We're not Davidoff. We're not uh, Swisher. Uh, you know, we're really, really just need to focus on getting caught up. I mean, if I could tell people how backed up we are, I think a lot of retailers get it. I mean, we're really backed up and being back at full capacity is nice, uh, but it's only been for like three days. Um, <laughs> so we'll see where it goes from there. And I'll tell you, it's not going to be fixed by July. Um, so we're in a great spot. It's good. We're happy. The demand's there. We're selling a lot of cigars, but we need to be making a lot more and need to be selling a lot more uh, to, to meet the current demand. Well, I know you'll be, you'll certainly be, you all will certainly be missed, John. But I mean, to, to, just to go along with your statement there, I mean, we know that we know that Lido and you and the entire team at La Florida Minicana is a pretty tireless supporter of the PCA. I mean, you were one of the first companies to, you know, um, make a statement. Speaking of making statements, making a statement last year when the when the the, the so-called Big Four pulled out, uh, you were one of the first companies, if not the first company, to put out a statement saying how you would be there. Of course, this was pre-pandemic. Um, no one could have seen that challenge coming. But uh, yeah, with those logistics coming out of the Dominican Republic, it certainly is uh, challenging for you guys. Yeah, and you know, it, it would be nice. To, it would be nice to be there. Um, 
it, it's it's a it's I, I don't I can't express enough how important the PCA is to our to our industry. Um, it's the true one hundred percent premium side of the business, um, and to not to make that decision was challenging uh, for us, you know. But we, you know, when we sit there and look at what's going on, to add extra business for the sake of being there um, is just putting our retailers at a in a negative spot. And uh, the best situation for us is to to continue to stay caught up and to continue in that in that push to to be in that level. As I said, it's it's several months out to be caught up and to, to be pushing a show with new products and deals and specials. Um, it would be very challenging and 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 not beneficial to our retail uh, retail partnerships. Yeah, but that's a good reason to not come. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that that's. I mean, if you know you can't fill the orders, what's the point of going and, and taking new orders if it's be like an empty promise, basically? You know. Sorry. I mean, Sorry, it's brain. Miami. No, Orlando. <laughs> I, I have a, I have, I have a question. Orlando, uh, yeah. I, I know, I have a question. I know there was like a sort of a, a, I think another media outlet published a list of people who wouldn't uh, exhibit at the show. And I respect that, John, by the way. I, I totally understand. I have several friends who are going through the same issue. Uh, we also, uh, you know, on, on the Ace Prime uh, side, Man, you know, we are completely backed up and everything, you know, uh, all the stuff that producer Crown has and ourselves, like, we, we, we totally understand. Of course, uh, we, we, we made a decision to go to the show more uh, because of that support and more because we, I believe, the, the aspect of the family reunion, it's something that it's, it's really important for us too. But I, I, I totally understand. My, my question to you guys, because I don't remember, so what, what was the number of... Uh, of people uh, who said wouldn't be attending the show. Of course, I'm not considered of the, the four. You um, guys remember? I could, so I'm keeping a list, and I've got 41 companies not attending. Now, some of those companies have right. never attended. So that's important so let to me, keep in mind with that. Yeah, let me let me give you guys some, some interesting uh, facts, okay? Uh, again, I'm not PCA. I don't represent PCA. I happen to be on the manufacturer's advisory board together with Rocky, uh, Jorge, Pete Johnson, all these guys. Uh, what I can tell you from the numbers I saw that every year we have at least uh, 30 to 40 people who doesn't show from the previous years. But we also get another 40 new people who are showing it, who are coming yeah. to the show, you know, new brands and new stuff. So that number doesn't really... Uh, mean anything uh in my my personal opinion i think uh what really matters is in my opinion is that uh most of the very i would say not most but like very important players in this industry not just declare support but for the first time are doing a pca special which is i believe over 14 companies so far i think this show will, will really uh, surprise a lot of people, not just in content, but in attendance too. I got the list today of, uh, of attendees and it is scary and surprising. Uh, my fear, again, is the same fear that John has. Uh, my fear is that, I mean, we are not doing anything like really special, but what we, uh, in terms of like specials, like prices and stuff, but we are, we are bringing, of course, uh, 
brown heads and a spine, a special product to the show. My fear is that we're going to really triple that back order that we have right now, and we're all concerned about that. But I think it's worth of the risk just to kind of uh, really be there and, again, celebrate this industry. It is a, a very important event where we can all get together. And, uh, and John, by the way, I mean, of course, LFD will not be there, but, you know, you guys can come. You know, again, it's, it's an opportunity for all of us to uh, talk, to kind of have a feeling for the industry. And quite frank, I think what it's missing today is, is these opportunities where we can talk, sit down and talk. To look about what we've been doing, like what PCA has been doing for uh, with, uh, with the legislation and all the FDA issues. Believe it or not, most of the problems that we have today is because people are not talking. You see one group going to one direction, another group going to another direction, different definitions of premium cigars. Uh, and now it's, uh, it's, it's they, they wanted to call it like, like handcrafted cigars. I mean, again, if we don't talk, if we don't see each other, if you're not on the same page, if you're not really in this, you know, create opportunities for that interaction, we're going to always have that kind of issue. So, I, again, I'm very positive about the trade show. A lot of people ask me, oh, are you with PCA? Are you so supportive? I am supportive, but I'm supportive of what is, what is right and what is working. And, and I try to look at the people who are behind these actions and, and really try to, to see uh, – I, I see actually uh, that they are genuine. You know, they, they're really trying to do something. And we all make mistakes. You know, everybody's human here. And I see that PCA has done a lot of mistakes in the past. And I think it's still kind of trapped into a, into a business model that I, I personally don't believe in. But these guys will, will fix it up. You know, I think uh, nature will. Because if they don't do it, they're going to, you know, the future will not be as promising as if they're open for, for, for a few changes. And my feeling is that they are doing that. I, I, just by talking to the executives, at least, I see a lot of uh, good intentions, a lot of guys putting effort into change uh, things that have been done uh, in a way uh, that's not the best way for too long. And I see, I see some improvements. And again, you know, I, I do bear answer a question. I do have uh, a very kind of positive feeling towards this event. That's, yeah, that's me, really great to hear. Go ahead, Coop. Yeah, let me add on Luciano said. So in the last few weeks, um, we've interviewed, Barry and I have interviewed Glenn Loop and Josh Abarski. And then Aaron uh, Loomis and I interviewed Scott Pierce last Thursday. And I could tell you that I agree with Luciano. I think there are things that the PCA has been doing in the last year in particular that are very encouraging. Um, I think there's things that they have really tried to address. If you, I, I, you can listen to the whole Scott show. It is, I think there's a better level of transparency we're seeing. Is it, is it going to be the silver bullet? No, but I mean, there's steps in the right direction being taken right now by this executive team, Luciano. There's no question about it. And I'm, I'm, it, it gave me a much more of a positive view going into this trade show. If, if there, you know, I thought two years ago was not very well done that trade show, but I think if, if there's, you know, look, COVID's probably going to be the big problem at this trade show if it's lowly attended. I really do. But I, I don't think it's because of lack of effort by the PCA. They, they're really working hard here. Hey, yeah, listen, yeah. After, after, after we uh, after we uh, we had that kind of press release, right, where uh, the 14 companies made a statement. And, and I agree with you, John. I, I don't like this kind of model of 
just making statements to kind of yeah. uh, see, uh, you know, who is going to control the narrative. But at the same time, it was funny because after we published that, uh, I got it myself at least three phone calls saying, why do you include me? I want to be in there. <laughs> so we know that we'll have, you know, 30 plus companies who would love to sign that, that press release. And uh, they just didn't because there was not uh, time or whoever was uh, leading the, 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 you know, the, the initiative uh, could not reach out to everybody. But I think it sent a, a very strong message to the market, you know. This industry is not made, again, guys, walk into any humidor. Of course, you know, we have some predominant giant companies, which, by the way, I respect a lot. I have a lot of friends who are executives in these companies. Uh, but again, this industry is not just made of those companies. You know, I would, I would dare to say that over 70% of any humidor I walk in, it's made of companies like Eric Espinosa, ourselves, Brown Heads. Uh, you name it, you know, Rocky Patel, of course, you know, Puentes, Jorge Padron. Come on, guys. You know, it's funny because uh, you, you, sometimes you see uh, some narratives that's just completely discrepant from, uh, from reality, you know. I think, I think uh, people are exaggerating a little bit in, in certain, uh, with certain angles uh, of, of the story and this story in the reality. The reality is this guys, I'm just guessing a number. Don't 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 hold me accountable for my 70%. But I'll say these guys are coming in full force with all their energy, not just to support an organization, to support our industry. You know, again, we, we all want this industry to succeed. And in order to make this industry succeed, we need to talk to each other. We need to be together. Uh, I, per, I actually said in your show group, I don't believe that trade shows are the future of our industry. I don't believe in trade shows anymore. I think in our present, it's still relevant, not as relevant as 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and it's going to become less relevant in the future. However, and that's I told this to Scott and everybody else, I think the PCA is and should be much more than a trade show. Those guys can be catalyzers of the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, they can provide information uh, I think Josh now is doing a great job into providing that level of information, reports almost daily about what's going on in every single state. And we didn't have that two years ago. We didn't have that kind of report. We all get the message delayed and confused and everything is way more clear now. And if, if PCA can be that uh, catalyzer in our industry, I think it will be a huge step. And, uh, and I think there'll be way more creative ways of, of doing business than, than a trade show. That I, again, uh, I, I'll hammer yeah. that. I could see the trade show eventually becoming more of a conference where it's not necessarily mm -hmm. built around sales, but mm -hmm. having everybody in one place like that is so valuable. Yeah, and, and it sounded like, like I said from the discussions we had with Scott and Glenn and Josh, they, that's what they're aiming to do and possibly look at some of these regional things to kind of do the sales component to that, but mm -hmm. still get the industry together once a year. Because I think it's really important. Look, Habanos gets their and gets their thing together once a year. So why why shouldn't the the U.S. industry be doing the same thing? Same with the Europeans over in Inter Tobacco. But you, you like can't. We should be doing the same. 
You can't. Com- I, you I can't get compare, it. You can't compare government government mandated. <laughs> oh, I, hear you. I hear you. American free will. I mean, come on, man. You but, know, we, but, 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 but we should we should have a marquee event. We should have a signature marquee event where the industry is under one roof. I think I think it is absolutely. We should have our industry under one roof once a year, and you know that's kind of. I, and I've talked fair, and I've talked a lot about this. I love seeing people walk into the trade show for the first time. That's that's something I really love to see and just see their faces because um, it, it's still a great event when, when you when you go into that. And uh, it's like a city. You're in the city for like four days and it's, you know, and then the city's broken down after four days. And it's kind of depressing when that happens because it's over. So I, I think it's a, important for our industry. I really do. It's definitely. And I'm glad to see that. Yeah, and I'm glad to see. Like I said, I, I think I'm encouraged from what I've been hearing. And seeing, not just hearing, but seeing some actions taken by, by the PCA in the last few months. I, I you know, I, I think, you know, the proof's in the pudding and they're doing some of these things and they're going to adjust it. And these are new programs that are coming into place. They're not going to be silver bullets overnight, but the framework's certainly there, I would think. No, I, I love the support that, uh, that, that, that the trade show is getting. And, and I would argue that, and again, I'm not trying to be an apologist or make, uh, for, for what John was saying, but I think what, what John was saying earlier and for the, for the companies who are here represented and the companies who are, and what Luciano was saying about 70% of the companies, like I said, not hold them to that number, but a majority of these companies are coming full force. They're look, it's not, they're not, this isn't a pity party. They're, they're putting together their first, their best effort. And Lafleur Dominicana is putting their, for their best effort. They want to get back on track now that they're back up to full, uh, full operation, uh, you know, just in the last three days and everything. So I, I, I mean, I, the last 12 months have really proved, I mean, as crazy as it's been, have really proved encouraging for the direction of the industry, in my opinion. And do I have a lot of questions? All, always. Um, but I, I, I'm really encouraged by the direction of, of the industry as a whole. Um, but gentlemen, I wanted to shift something tonight too. Like uh, I, I still wanted to kind of keep some structure to my show. Uh, but I, I had a, I had a really good question in mind and I'm, I'm, I know everyone pretty well enough, um, on this panel to know that they could probably answer this question. My only question mark may be Hector. Cause I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure how many places he's actually lived. So we are going to do our one must go segment. So here we go. So our one must go is always brought to you by United Cigars featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly uh, highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron line. So smoke one today and start living United. So here it is, gentlemen. Uh, Everyone on this panel is extremely well-traveled. And I want to know, I'm going to give you guys the one must go and everyone, uh, everyone should be familiar with this, but the, the concept is I give you three things and you have to kick one of them. So the, the question is this, where would you, where would you want to uh, live? So the top two places you want to live, one of the places on your list gets the, gets the boot. So here are the three places, your childhood birthplace, the place you call home now. And the f- your favorite place that you've gone to on a vacation. So which two places would you rather live and the other one gets the boot? So I'm going to Hector, I'm not sure. I, I can't remember where you were born and raised. That's that was why I had that question. So Hector, I'm going to let I'm going to let you kick it off here. I was born in Union City, New Jersey. OK, uh, so that so well, you, that's gone. So that's, so easy, that's, that's an easy gone. Answer. I mean, that's <laughs> why I was named Jefferson. So I'm going to go ahead and ask that right. That place is axed right away. As much as I've grown, I've, I've, I've lost my taste for Miami. I would rather live in Miami than Union City. And obviously, Coop knows, because me and Coop talk a lot. 
but uh, Greenville, here I come, baby. As soon as as <laughs> as soon as, uh, as soon as I hit 62, I'm in, I'm going to be sitting in a, I'm going to be sitting in my front yard in sandals and socks yelling at the kids to get off my lawn. In <laughs> Greenville, South Carolina. So uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. So Trip, I'm going to kick it over to you. Now you, you were, you were born on the opposite coast that you, uh, uh, that you live now in, in Oregon. So, so um, where exactly were you born again? I can't remember. Connecticut, DC. right? DC. Oh, okay. You grew up in, you, you just spent some time in Connecticut though, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not crazy. All right. So born in DC, you reside in Oregon in your favorite place that you vacationed, which place gets the curb to, to, to live out I mean, your, uh, your ears. I, I can't not say my favorite place that I vacation is Nicaragua. And like the thought of a quiet life in a villa in Nicaragua sounds really <laughs> nice. There's a lot of baggage that would come with that, but I would kick. So what you're saying is you're, you're there for the samples. Okay. Yes. Right? <laughs> but I, I would kick Washington DC. Okay. I don't, I don't really need to go back. So there. two home. So two hometowns, two childhood birthplaces already get the curb. Uh, Luciano. You're very well traveled. I know you are. So, where uh, birthplace? Where you now reside, and the favorite place you vacationed? Which which one gets the curb to live in? Dude, my my life is so complicated. It's so hard <laughs> to explain this, man. So let's put it this way: uh, I leave Italy with two years old. I go and live in Brazil for uh, thirteen years, and then I I move to London, and then to Switzerland and then to Chicago, and then to Brazil again, and then to Switzerland. And then, I mean, I've never, the longest I've ever lived in a place, it was in Chicago. So I lived in Chicago for 12 years. And I don't want to live there. <laughs> so that's, one I, mean, for that's all I can say. <laughs> so my answer to you would be, I want to live in a place that I haven't lived yet. Oh, okay. That's, that, that's, that, that's my answer. answer. And I, I do have uh, medium-term plans. So right now, uh, I think I shared this with you there. My youngest daughter, well, I have three daughters. Two of them are living abroad. Uh, one is in Paris. Another one is in France, too, but in a different city. One got married. The other one is finishing college. And then I have Rachel, who is, uh, is a singer now. And uh, she's probably going to college somewhere. And uh, there'll be an empty nest, and uh, we we plan to move to Florida for the only reason that uh, well, I forgot to mention that my my youngest daughter is actually training water polo uh, in California. So now we're spending a season in California. Still have the house in Chicago, and but I'm spending more time in Nicaragua, <laughs> twenty days in Nicaragua, ten days in California. And, and uh, so we, I intend to move to Florida to be able to fly to Nicaragua in, in this two-hour flight instead of, instead of flying like six hours. Uh, and, and that's the, basically the only reason. I really don't know what's going to be next. And my life has been like that for, for my life. So You'll like to have awesome. income tax there too, for sure. So, I, so I, I, I've been to – okay, okay. I, anywhere but Chicago? Anywhere but Chicago is a – Anywhere but Chirac. Uh, so a place he hasn't in, lived yet. That's the official Chicago. answer. Chirac. I, that's the official answer. And uh, I, I actually have a, I have a uh, utopia of a place that, that I can share. So I, I went to my daughter's wedding, South France, 
and I kind of got the opportunity to uh, visit the area right at the border with Spain. And I look at that place and said, man, I would live here in a heartbeat. You know, so maybe that, that would be the place, you know, South, South France or North Spain, uh, you know, in between Barcelona and, uh, and South France, whatever, Marseille. So I don't know. Somewhere there. I, I, I love the, the culture. I, I love the food. I love the weather. I love the people. So probably, probably there. Probably, that's, that's probably why I'm going to, to be uh, uh, 20, 20 years from now. In Catalonia? In that area? Nice. Nice. Yeah, I mean, a little, little northern than, than, than Catalonia. Catalonia is more center, uh, right? It's more. I would go more towards to the coast, you know. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Ca Ca Catalonia, like close to like Andorra, and and the area. I would love to live more like nearby, uh, near more near Barcelona. I would say it's the biggest city. I would choose a smaller city, but near Barcelona. Nice. That's awesome. Oh, beautiful. Uh, so, Carney, Carney uh, you were you were born a stone's throw from my father's birthplace in the in the great yeah. state of Maine. So that's uh, mm -hmm. that's where that that's where the Carney story starts. Um, and you you reside now in Florida most of the time when you're not on the road. Um, and then, but favorite place vacation. So which which one gets the curb? Man, so this is going to be my last answer of the night because I have to leave after here. But I appreciate everybody coming on here. Bear, thank you for the friendship oh, and uh, and you. everything and. This is a great panel. I wish I could stay longer, but I have, I'm doing some lawn work tomorrow and I have like seven people showing up at like six 30 in the morning. Uh, so I'm going to go to bed earlier than I normally go to bed tonight. But, um, but no, thank you for having us on. And uh, obviously I'm, I'm always here. If you ever need us um, and need me and uh, this has been fun. And I honestly, I wish I could, I'll probably, I'm going to go take a shower. I'll probably be watching the rest of this when I'm in the shower, just to let everybody know. Um, and for those that enjoy my soap review, I, I am going to be doing a nice uh, body cleanse this evening with a new soap. But, um, <laughs> man, I, I would I would give up my favorite vacation place in like two seconds. I, I love vacation, but there's always somewhere else that's beautiful to vacation. You can't replace home uh, and you can't replace the home you're currently in um, until you're somewhere else. But uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm giving up vacation, my favorite vacation spot, um, period. Yeah. So I, I if. Given the opportunity, my where I grew up in northern Maine, where I spend I do spend a lot of time up there still, I that would be my uh my go to spot. It's just beautiful country in middle of nowhere. Um, and I, I love it down here in Florida too. I mean, this is great down here. And um, I split the time I split time between Orlando and Miami, um, two of my favorite places I've ever been. So, yeah, but the vacation place there's always another place to vacation, right? So, give up the vacation spot, nice. Uh Luciano has to and, and uh, Irario Pichardo have to leave as well. They have to catch a flight uh, here in a, a couple hours. But Luciano, before you leave, uh, we're going to get back to the question uh, for everybody else on the panel. But John, thank you. Uh, means the world to me for you to join as well. So thank you so much. I, I, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm in awe and I really appreciate your friendship as well. And uh, I can't wait to see you soon and uh, hope it was at the trade show. But I, I can't wait to see you soon when that does happen again. Uh, my, but, by the way, hold up, hold up. My final statement. I'm going to try to remember every name everybody wanted to be called, but the one I'm going to remember is the one they didn't want to be called. So Aaron, you're going to be Andrew and I apologize. <laughs> in advance. Good enough. Good enough. Have a good night guys. You, Thank John. you so much. 
Likewise. Thank, so, Luciano, before you before you log off real quick, uh, our next segment will be uh, we'll we'll be talking about it a little bit um, in brief. So, every show, I always um, I always uh, and John John was actually a part of the first show that where I started this segment where I bring on and we spotlight a charity and we try to raise awareness and bring and and, and some money for as well. And uh, with you jumping on uh, and so so last second, I it would be it would it would it would honor me to uh, to spotlight the ace prime foundation tonight uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it here in a few minutes and uh and uh so we're going to be raising awareness for your foundation tonight but i'm so excited about the work you do and i can't wait to talk more in depth in a future show about that as well um but uh we're, we will be uh we will be raising some money tonight for the ace prime foundation and uh and thank you so much to you and uh radio for uh, for joining us tonight absolutely brother it's a, it's a pleasure uh, again, thank you, thank you all, man. Uh, it was great to see uh, all of you, actor uh, trip. And uh, now I got to be in your show trip. You promised. Yeah, I promise. Uh, I, uh, man, you know, it's always been a challenge in this, this past like seven years, especially uh, seeing the struggles that all the sport countries goes through, and especially Nicaragua. Which mm-hmm. probably the poorest of all uh, of all major you know cigar uh, manufacturers place. Uh, it's that it really bothers me the fact that the industry has been growing more and more in Nicaragua, but you don't see a lot of change, especially in agricultural uh, side of uh, of the business. And when I say agricultural side, I'm talking about the workers people who leave uh, sometimes with less than $2 a day. Uh, you know, we, we can't change everything. We're just trying to inspire people to do different things. I'm not going to mention names here, but we started a program five years ago with having clinic uh, at our, our factory. I know that Skip does the same thing uh, from Roma Craft. But, you know, because, because of some of our actions, some other bigger companies, start doing things and, and and that is very rewarding just to see uh you know people looking at and, 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 and you know realizing that they can do things differently i think that's that's very important i appreciate the highlight of, of the foundation we're starting a new pro- project now we want to create a tobacco university uh i i, I was moved by uh by a story actually it's a family story when I was in Brazil uh, working this project, uh, which was a seven-year project, uh, we have we have we have a, a, a lady that used to work for us, and Cynthia was very busy. Was very busy. She was like, almost like a second mom to our kids. Uh, she was a cook. She she gave her love to our kids, and, and our kids still consider her as as almost like a second mom to them. And uh, and throughout. This relationship, we knew that her dream was to study and to uh, graduate in physical education was something that she was uh, dreamed about. And this will never be a reality for her. Uh, and uh, we uh, we uh, we decided to support her. And some of our neighbors and friends said, asked us, and said, "What what are you guys doing? I mean, you're giving her education; she will leave, and she's so valuable to you." And my answer was, yeah, exactly, you know. So, 
and I, I actually remember this story after talking to Roberto, who is our, one of our quality control guys. I asked him, I said, what's your dream, Roberto? What, what do you want to do, man? I said, I want to have my factory. And then I saw myself in the same situation. I looked at one of my best employees who said who wants to have his own factory. <laughs> and my, my first reaction, I'm human, was like, motherfucker, he wants to have his own factory. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, but then you know, I have a second thought, which was like, man, why not? You know, why, why, why should it be selfish to think that, you know, I need people to just help, help me achieve my dreams. If they have different dreams, they should go for their dreams, you know? So, uh, because of that, uh, insight, uh, we decided to create a tobacco university, which basically is a way for us also to train our less experienced uh, bunches and rollers to kind of give them uh, some, you know, education that are the best rollers of the factory will be the teachers. Uh, I will give some classes on business administration. Damien, who's our manager, will teach some of our employees who, believe it or not, they still don't know how to read or write. So if you do like the, the you know, just kind of, uh, basic Spanish classes uh, to these guys, and uh, and so we, we are we are inaugurating a new uh, it's a new uh, new branch of our our efforts to to support those communities and the people there. We we try to start with our employees because the, these are the people that we know, uh, and we just hope to maybe inspire some other. Uh, other people down there, not just in the tobacco business, you know, this, believe it or not, there are other businesses in the we to kind of uh, do the same, you know, just, just give people the opportunity, let, let them dream and also empower them, support them. And, and this is something that we, we are really excited about uh, doing the next year. So we are prepping, creating the classes, curriculum and everything. So uh, we'll give the opportunity for the employees and, and family members who wants to come on Saturdays uh, to, to really kind of learn and, uh, and improve their skills or even learn a different thing. Uh, I have a guy who does our inventory and the guy got, got a, a college degree, man. The guy has been working SAS off. He, he, uh, he, uh, actually, uh, uh, takes care of his daughter. He's a single father. He takes care of his daughter, his, his mom, uh, and, uh, and finds time to study, you know, that's another story that really moved us. And, uh, and we want to really, one day I would love to have that guy be my manager or uh, growing a company or, or, or becoming something else or getting a better job. You know, I'm not, I'm not better than anyone. I think everybody has the same feeling. We just sometimes don't know how to do it. We got so caught up into the, you know, day-to-day -day things and, and we get busy. We forget. And uh, my, my prayer, it's always that I ask God to not let me forget these things, you know, because it's very easy to do, to do so. That's wonderful, Luciano. Thank you so much for sharing that with us tonight. And I'm eager to talk to you about that on, on, an, on the next time that I have you on officially. And uh, we'll, uh, like I said, we'll be spotlighting the Ace Prime Foundation here in just a little bit. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for jumping on. Um, and uh, safe travels on your next flight, and we'll uh, we'll see you at uh, we'll see you at PCA next month. Really excited. Well, it was a pleasure to see you, to see Wu Coop, actor.
Nice meeting awesome, you. Uh, awesome to meet you, Aaron. Uh, welcome to the group family. So Thank you. Glad you got someone on board. Hey, Boo Shark. It's good to see you, bro. Good to see you, too. You take care, man. You, too. See you Thank soon. You. See you the next month. Bye-bye. All right, so uh, bringing this uh, bringing this back uh, to the one must go segment. Uh, so the uh, the concept is we're uh, we're going to be talking about um, where your your the question is where would you want to live your childhood home, the place you currently reside, or your favorite place that you vacation. So, um, Aaron, if I'm not mistaken, um, you you live not too far from where you were born. Um, is that not? Is that yeah? So I was born in Rockford, Illinois. Um, it's the screw capital of the world, <laughs> believe it or not. They oh, they wait, the what? The, the screw, screw capital. capital. They, they manufacture more nuts, bolts, and screws than anywhere in the United States. Um, also home to the fictitious Rockford Peaches of a League of Their Own fame. So It's not even fictitious. It's actually, they're actually. There was a, <laughs> was it the Peaches? I knew that there was a yep. team there. I didn't know if it was actually the Peaches. Yep. Yep. It is. Oh, yep. so, Wonderful. Yep. So born in Rockford, um, currently live outside of Chicago. So Luciano, um, <laughs> sorry about that. That's your least favorite place to live. Um, and, and been fortunate to travel a couple places, but it's, it's a tough one for me to pick because, um, both places that I would, I would, that my two favorite vacation places, I can't play golf. One is St. Bart's. It's an Island. It's a French West Indies, small Island. And the other one is, I guess it'd be wine country like Tuscany, right? So it's, it's a little town called Rada. It's in between Siena and uh, Florence. Neither can I play golf at, which is kind of a passion of mine. So, but if I had to pick either, um, so um, right now, I guess I would, I, I got to stick to my roots and I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll keep Rockford just, just for the, the sheer fact that. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody where I grew up with. I'll probably, uh, I'll probably ixnay where I live now. Um, it's fine. I wouldn't be here if my kids weren't in the, in the throes of high school, basically middle school, high school. So where would I live? I will say, uh, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with St. Bart's. Nice. Those St. Bart's is where I'm going to live. Um, uh, not a whole lot to do there, but kind of like uh, Hector was talking about Greenville. I, I could see myself in a little uh, villa house there. Not a whole lot to do on the islands. Very laid back, very calm. And uh, that sounds pretty nice with uh, four kids and my work schedule that uh, sit there and, and kind of do nothing. Beautiful. That's where I'll pick. I love it. Uh, so, Ben, uh, you are new to Texas. This is where you currently reside. Uh, I know you you spent some time down in Houston for a bit uh, for a stint, uh, but I also know that you're not from here. So uh, what's the what's the story with you, Ben? Where which which go? What's get what's get kick, kicks to the curb, and where's the best the best vacation spot for the Lee? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I grew up on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, uh, just near New Orleans. So I consider like New Orleans the Gulf Coast. That's my home. Um, yeah, I live in Dallas, second stint in, in uh, Texas, and it really fits me because I've <laughs> the 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 Texas mentality is you know fits me pretty well. Um, probably my favorite place I've ever vacationed. Uh, we took my son 
um, we've we actually have never really seen snow much, right? My son has ne- had never seen it. He's twelve now, so we decided to take him on his birthday uh, last year to or the year before last because because of, of COVID issues. But uh, we went to the North Carolina mountains, Sugar Mountain, Beach Mountain, stuff like that. Oh wow! And, and I came to f- find that I am a mountain guy. Like to me, when I go to the mountains, I'm in my happy place, and and it's. It's opposite of my wife. She is her happy place is the Gulf of Mexico beaches, That's white sand, wife, blue water. Yeah. Total opposites. Now I can I, I would too. be happy living in a cabin by myself, like being a hermit in a cabin on top of a mountain. I would love that. Like I could I, I just I don't know. That's my Zen place is the mountains, mm-hmm. any of the mountains. But I have to kick one at the curb and I mean, I, I'm kind of the—I don't know, man. I'm kind of the same with what Carney said. Like, I guess it would have to be like the North Carolina mountains or the mountains, period. Just because, I mean, I would love to. Be, I, it's like three loves, but I would have to be that one because I can't give up home. Because, like, when I go back home or go back to New Orleans, I get—I, you know, when I leave, I get a little homesick. When I'm there, I get real happy for a while, you know. But I don't know. But I love I love it here in Texas. Like this is Texas is so much like my personality, just the way things are here. You know, I especially love the the Dallas area. You know, so just so much. And I, maybe it's because I'm a little bit bougie, but I like I like kind of like having a big city where I got access to everything. You know, and, um, I like to try you know different cultural cuisines and stuff. That I could have do all that here in one spot. Literally, I could do, I could eat probably 40 different types of, you know, countries, cuisines here, you know, and like within 15 minutes of the house. So, I mean, I, I love it here. So, I can't give up home. There's no way I could ever give up home. So, I get, it would have to be my vacation spot. I would have to kick to the curb. You know? Oh, wow. Okay. 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 Yeah, um, my my family and I are planning a move here uh, in the next couple of months or so. Um, we're we're gonna stay in the Dallas Fort Worth metro area, but we're gonna move to the outskirts. Uh, we're gonna we're, we're gonna get some land. There you go. So, yeah, that's that's our plan too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be like Hector. I'm gonna sit on the front porch and you know instead of the local kids, I'll probably just tell the local wildlife to get off my lawn. So, um, but uh, um, but Coop. Um, Born and raised in New York. Yep. Uh, now called North Carolina home. Um, and we all, uh, the well-documented place that I know you love to vacation is Florida. Um, but it might be something else. So I'm, I'm, I'm eager to get your answer. Okay. This is actually a, an interesting question. It's kind of a timely one. And it's more difficult than you would think. So for me. But here it goes. So let me just start. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York. I was born pretty close to the area where they filmed Saturday Night Fever. So um, I have a deep roots in Brooklyn. Um, we There was just this idea we had, we discussed about going back home again at some point. Like maybe just kind of come full circle and go back to New York. It was discussed recently. Uh, the kind of just, it's an intriguing idea at some point to move back to, move back to New York. So I'll put that on the table. North Carolina, I'm outside the Charlotte, North Carolina area. I absolutely love it here. Uh, I've been down here 13 years this month, um, and I don't regret moving down here for a second. Now, 
The vacation one, Florida is the one everyone knows, right? But I've also talked a lot about Flagstaff, my love of Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this joke where every place I visit, I want to move to, right? So I visited, like, when I was out in Denver with Dojo, I'm like, this would be a great place to live, right? When I went to Stockholm, I'm like, I would like to live in Stockholm, you know, for a while. It's like a really cool city. Um and the list goes on and on with these places, right? Dallas, I've been to Dallas. I love it there, right? Um, so, but I'll, I'll keep that. Everyone knows I want to go to Florida. And if I would have that opportunity, I would go tomorrow. Um, so I'm going to pick going back to New York. Ultimately, it's, it's not really practical. It would financially not make a lot of sense for me to go back to New York at this point in my life. Um, but I was intrigued by the idea of going back. Yeah, you know, I understand what it was. There's, there's something that was very intriguing to just go back to the old neighborhood where it all started. So I'm going to say, you know, my birthplace. All righty. I, uh, I think that's everybody except for me. So I'll go ahead and uh, kind of round this out. So uh, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. Spent 18 years of my life there uh, and then left for college. And then uh, now I currently reside in Euless, Texas. Um, as I just mentioned, my family and I are planning a move, but we'll still be in the Dallas Fort Worth metro area, uh, maybe just on the outskirts. And then uh, uh, my f- I have I have the same sickness that Coop has because everywhere I vacation, everywhere I go, I, I want to live. Uh, I, I definitely do the same thing. Yeah. I, I mean, when I went to Hialeah Gardens for the first time at uh, the Espinosa headquarters, I wanted to I wanted to move there. I, we had an evening at the Botanical Gardens there, and I was like, this would be a cool spot to take my wife on dates and and or take my family during the day and, and stuff like that. And I mean, I wasn't fond of the traffic in Miami. I, I, hear, I hear that. But I mean, other than that, I just thought it was wonderful. And, and you know, to Never get media noche whenever I want, I'm just fuck. I'm all about yeah. it. Um, but I have the same sickness that Coop has. So, you know, but my favorite place that I've vacationed is is, is definitely uh, uh, with my wife going back to her birthplace, which was Germany. My wife was born in Germany and uh, we spent a, we spent a week in Germany uh, kind of set up shop in Heidelberg and then went to various locations all around the country. Uh, but Heidelberg uh, was, was just awesome. I mean, great little cigar shops planted here and there. Uh, great coffee and beer gardens. Uh, we went during Christmas time. So I, I have to suggest that anyone, if, if anyone is uh, loves Christmas, uh, you do not love Christmas as much as Germans. It is a fact. <laughs> uh, you will need to go to Germany uh, during Christmas time and you will experience that and you will know what I'm talking about. It was just epic. They, um, they appreciate it because they have more Krampuses than we do. I guess. But it was, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, but so I had a physics teacher in high school. His name was Chip Burrows. And um, the guy, uh, look, for all intents and purposes, he was the world's biggest dick. All right. <laughs> he really was. And he was an absolute jerk uh, to most people. But he was beloved by a lot of students uh, for a reason I still couldn't understand. But one thing that I took away from Mr. Burroughs, he had a great quote that I absolutely love. And I take with me everywhere I go. Was that happiness, happiness is El Paso in your rear view window. And I have no, I have no problems with my hometown. If my sons grew up and said, dad, I'm moving to, I'm moving my fam- myself and my family to El Paso. I would not be disappointed. It's a great place to raise a family. It's really, you know, multicultural. 
And it's a, it's, it's, you know, much to, you know, people surprise because they, they, they think of the issue across the border. It is one of the safest cities, if not the safest city in the country, believe it or not. Crazy, crazy to think about, but it is. Um, so, I mean, it's not, it's not a problem, but I have to agree with my former teacher's sentiment that happiness is El Paso in the rearview window. And I would absolutely kick my hometown to the curb as far as never wanting to live there ever again. So, uh, I'm, I'm good with that. But, uh, but gentlemen, thank you so much for participating in the, tonight's One Must Go. I thought that was a little fun exercise considering how well-traveled everybody is. Um, I was really excited to hear everybody's answers. And uh, I, I like Luciano's answer. He wants to live someplace he hasn't been. So. Yeah. I, I like that answer too. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Hey, hey Barry, you, you know, one thing about Germany though, mm -hmm. right? Clark Griswold would really like to visit the Germany. Oh, stop it. Just stop <laughs> right now. Good God. <laughs> Wasn't going to escape that for the show, was I? Um, listen, never. He did. No, he had a great time there. I'm sure he fucking did. Um, but <laughs> I, I would probably change my policy and move if Clark Griswold moved to Germany along with me. I would just say that much. Um, <laughs> that was our one must go segment as always. It's brought to you by United Cigars uh, featuring La Giana Havana distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron line. So smoke one today and start living United. So gentlemen, uh, you know, we, I, I broke for the second as, as, as Luciano and, and John popped off. And again, I can't thank you all enough for joining me tonight. Um, and uh, it's my pleasure to feature tonight's um, tonight's uh, nonprofit or charity uh, to feature. And as always, each episode, each week, my wife and I will be making a donation to this organization later on. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and pull up a, a Coop's story on this particular uh, foundation, which was the Ace Prime Foundation. Uh, it was started earlier um, or late last year, rather. And uh, go ahead and pull this up here. And you guys can check it out. I'll post it in the show notes. But uh, here's the uh, story that Coop ran on his site. Uh, and there's some what uh, Luciano didn't uh, have a moment to take about, but he he was running into uh, all these situations where uh, these are these are people whose families are uh, are involved in the cigar industry and the run you know in the factories and everything. And he ran he ran into some pretty some pretty low quality of life um, situations, you know, and he, uh, you know, he forked over a lot of money to, you know, bring people's healthcare up and everything like that. And so he took the opportunity to create this foundation and what a wonderful, wonderful organization it is uh, bringing resources to, uh, to families who are involved in the, the cigar industry. Uh, my, he actually was texting me about this and he, he ran across uh, um uh, Elias Daniel, this is a this is a photo of him, and he is uh, obviously just a malnourished child. Was and uh, he uh, spends his days at home, um, but without any adequate to eat. While well, his uh, his grandfather works in a cigar factory, and uh, and uh, and so you know, Luciano had the opportunity to meet him, and he was able to get him food, clothes, and medicine to hopefully bring his uh, his quality of life up. And there's there's thousands of these stories uh, in this particular region uh, where Luciano uh, met Elias and his family, and um, and uh, and uh, he is uh, he's bringing all of his resources to bear to to bring attention to this matter and to get uh, to get resources uh, poured into this area and for these families and i can't think of a considering the panel that i've uh, assembled tonight i can't think of a better organization to uh, to, to feature in spotlight so um uh 
uh, Coop, I know this is your story. Anything to anything that you wanted to add about it, particularly? No, I think you, I think you covered it really well on that, uh, for sure. You know, um, you know, it was we thought it was important to get the word out on that. Um, you know, especially you know, I think there's one thing I always just say is, you know, when it comes to charities, and we've seen this on your show in particular, but the cigar industry really just kind of gets behind stuff like this and they do a, it's not just talk they they walk the walk with stuff like this and uh so i think you know again um hats off to luciano on this i think it's it's a, it's a great thing he's doing he's very committed to this as you heard beforehand um so uh this is something he really believes in and uh you know i'm happy i'm happy to just kind of support him on those efforts however i can Awesome. Thank you. Uh, anyone who wants to consider donating, like I said, I'll put it in the show notes, but I did put it in the chat. Um, great organization head, uh, head up by a, a great person in Luciano. And uh, if you please, uh, please consider donating. Um, it's a, it's a fantastic organization. And I, I can't wait to th- talk a little bit more formally with him about it. And this, uh, this new organization that he's planning, this tobacco university that he's, he's, uh, he's starting. That's, that's also something that's really great. So really, really awesome stuff there too. Um, so the, the next uh, the next topic that I wanted to bring up, uh, gentlemen, again, um, was um, basically the, the 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 way that the industry is trending. So we've talked a little bit about the last year and how we've we've all noted that the industry has has really come together in a unique way. And 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 a lot of industries didn't experience this, but a lot of a lot of the companies that were represented tonight and um, and the industry as a whole, I think, and and and. And you can certainly weigh in on this, guys. Uh, but I think it thrived. Uh, I think it thrived during the pandemic. I think that it was an unusual situation, kind of a, a magic elixir. You know, uh, companies weren't having to expense as much on travel. They were able to reinvest in their companies and everything. Um, but I'm interested to hear where you think, um, and we've kind of talked about a little bit about this issue with, you know, the Dominican Republic finally getting up to cold, full capacity just in the last few days and things like that. But where do we see the industry going a year from now? Do we think that the, do we think that the cigar industry is operating pre COVID level in terms of capacity and output or where do we see the industry trending? Uh, so Hector, since you're the, the lone representative of a cigar company, I'll pivot to you here. Uh, where you know where do you see the industry as a whole and if you want to comment on espinosa cigars that's fine too but just to, from your perspective where you sit well you know i'm going to tell you uh, we have no idea where the industry is going to go in a year you have to understand the massive covid uh, and, and this makes this sounds awful and i don't want it to sound that way and i don't want you to think i believe that way but for the for the cigar industry this pandemic uh blew it, it blew away numbers from from the year before that were that were ridiculous. Having people at home working at home, uh, who, who who were smoking now two times, maybe three times as many times as often as they were before, uh, the sales cigar cigar sales are, are through the roof. Uh, so much so that as we talked about earlier, all of us are all of us are facing backwater situations. There's a couple of things that 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 concern me. One is. Uh, the recent influx of people who have tried to get back in the cigar industry uh, because they want, they think it's the another boom like there was, you know, back in the mm-hmm. back in the '90s and the early 2000s. Uh, guys who weren't in the industry for several years have tried to get back in, trying to ride this wave of popularity. 
we hear all the time about all these new chinchales that are opening up in Nicaragua, all these little cigar factories that have popped open. Three last week, uh, from from what we heard, from what our guide told us in Nicaragua, three in the last two weeks popped up in Nicaragua, which puts a strain on on the on, on tobacco growers, on the on the on the wholesalers, uh, on 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 guys who are trying to get to you know who 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 need to get tobacco. So where where will it be I, I don't know you know you you a lot of these guys you know you hear whispers that man there's going to be a tobacco shortage is there going to be a shortage of tobacco tobacco's going up uh it's it's one of those things you know will 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 demand will demand outpace supply now i have a feeling that like in all things uh water will find its level you know guys who have tried to get back in this industry will see that you know that they you know they're out of sight out of mind uh, maybe the fact that uh, there were a lot of back orders and there were a lot of uh, companies that couldn't satisfy orders left little holes for for these companies to pop in and you know and 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 start selling cigars and and, and try to make a name for it. But what happens when things level off again? Uh, we don't we don't know. I mean, we really don't know where we're going to be a year from now, uh, where we're going to be six months from now. We we can only hope that. That the trend maybe the trend will continue, but I don't think it can it can keep the pace that it's grown at in the last year. I mean, we talk about how well the cigar industry has done, but look how well the liquor industry has done. Look how well the uh, uh, home home improvement industry has done. Anybody here try to buy a refrigerator in the last uh, in the last six or eight months? You know, like try, or or a car or try to buy a car. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, look, I, I I just don't know. I know that we, uh, you know, look, we didn't have Laranja wrapper. We didn't have any wrapper for, we couldn't make Laranja for probably the last four, five months. We haven't had any wrapper. We haven't had any, any production of our staple cigar, our, our, our first big cigar as a, as a company, as a Spinoza Cigars. But, you know, we fixed that problem, you know, so in, in the next month or so, we'll, we'll start production again on that. Uh, we just, we just want to ride it out. You know, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to, to keep pace with demand, obviously. Also looking at it, not to overextend ourselves. And I think all companies have got, have got to look the same way. I think what John said was makes a lot of sense for them. You know, the fact that they have, they're finally back up, you know, they're finally back up to full, full production. Why go, to, why go to a show where all they're going to do is sink themselves deeper into a, a deficit with, you know, with cigar, you know, with, with, with orders that they can't satisfy? Makes it makes complete sense. I understand exactly where they're coming from. I'd like to see. I'd like. Don't get me wrong. I I think there'll there has to be a decrease. I mean, there will be. Uh, I think when Coop was in the office a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this Coop. That demand is. You know, I I think we may have hit the we may have hit the high point, and you know what happens is you know when manufacturers are. Uh, let's say you don't have a factory. Manufacturers are gearing up and trying to make product and trying to make product and. And, and trying to supply so factories are gearing up they're trying to get more trying to find more tobacco uh and when you figure when you think about it there's you know you can't just plant tobacco everywhere you know there's only certain areas where you can plant tobacco so look i, I think you're going to see i think i'm going to go on a limb here i think that in uh by a next year's show you'll see that sales will have leveled off maybe dipped a little bit still much better than they were in 2019 but just not the numbers that you saw in 2020 2020 was ridiculous i mean 2020 was ridiculous so uh you know we're like i said we're 
we're we're continuing to keep pace. You know, we're we're trying to you know to to, to do our thing. Also, you know, there's always the looming you know that looming the, the looming concern of FDA. You know, what's going to happen with FDA? Is FDA going to get their shit together? Is FDA or is FDA like I told Coop? I think FDA is. People think that the FDA is asleep. I just think they're regrouping. You know, I think they're regrouping. You know, uh, trying to get their shit together. I know that now, uh, from the story that Coop put out uh, a couple days ago, uh, we may have we may have a pass for a year, year or two and a half, maybe two years. But you know, it's it's not that problem. That problem is not going to go away for us. You know, tobacco is as much as we all love cigars and 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 being Americans and having our you know having free will, we like to smoke our cigars and uh, the idea that uh, the tobacco is so so offensive to so many and, and you know how they lump all tobacco together whether it's cigarette vape and cigars they all lump them together is making all one big evil it's a problem we're going to continue to fight i think uh i i think this year's uh you know this this year is, is very telling let's see what happens after the show you know let's see what happens after the show you have uh you have a brand new planning season starting at the end of the year uh Let's see. Let's see what happens. Supply, supply is, is going to be the issue. I think that's that's the major issue. So, Barrett, let me uh, let me chime in. I have two thoughts of it from from my perspective, and I'm coming at it from a little bit different angle than than I. Well, think. I'm I'm glad you're taking the the reins here, Aaron, because I actually was pivoting to you next. So, yeah, please share your perspective yeah, here. So, I've got two things. One, um, at what you mentioned before of this the pandemic and and maybe I'll, I'll piggyback off a little bit to paraphrase there's kind of that maybe reinvestment into uh, their their cigar brand if you will because what i think and i hate to pick on them again but i'm going to is warped um i hope that organizations through this time have regrouped and figured out who they want to be like how do they what how do they want to be perceived in the market how do they want to brand themselves what what is their focus because i think the the brands out there that are more laser focused on who they want to be and what they want to be to the cigar smoker are going to be are, are going to, to thrive i think if you're trying to be and i said this to pete johnson i mean if, if you're trying to be everything to everybody you're no one to nobody so i think you have to be focused the, the second piece that um i think and i'm hoping that the pandemic has done for you know organizations or, or i should say to the retailers is not only to get more um uh, brand awareness but the the online presence right so i think a lot of people rest on their laurels because they've got a lot of 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 repeat clients and that's how they're that's their foundation that's their bread and butter to have somebody that comes in day in day out kind of picks the same cigar same two whatever they come in and that's their that's their arr right that's their recurring revenue but the, the cigars like um what mike talked about from cigar hustler the ones that were more proactive they got a bigger online presence that are catering to folks that maybe don't live in that area like myself so i'll say in chicago i i will go hunt down cigars but I can only find them when they have an online presence and I will order from places that do a good job with their website. That's easy to navigate. Cause I'm stupid, right? I, I, I mean, I'm in tech sales, but I'm, I'm cigar stupid when it comes to ordering stuff. I needed to be able to navigate, find out what I'm looking for, be able to check out, et cetera. If they have a good online presence, I think they can keep that momentum going that, that Hector talked about, 
with catering to a larger audience. The ones that are, are narrow-minded, that are focused on their their core base, that's great. But the but where we're going from a society, you, know, you look at how uh, you know my kids order. We all order. I order from Amazon all the time because it's easy and it's at your your fingertips, right? I think if you can have an online presence that you can that you can cater to the average smoker, they know what you're about. They, you have a good selection, like um, John was talking about, like, you know, being able to pick up whatever you need at a given place. Um, I think those are the organizations that are, are in the, you know, the 2021 era, if you will, that are going to survive. The ones that kind of just sit back and, and rest on, hey, we're, we have a, a boom right now. This is great. It's going to continue. I'm with Hector. I think it's going to level out. And the ones that are proactive, they get their brand out um, and, and are able to be sought out on an on a online presence are the ones that are going to do well because um, there are people out there that live in areas that just don't have a lot of shops um, that will buy online. And if you can make yourself available, make it easy to check out, make it easy to get cigars shipped to you, I, I think we'll do really well. That's where I think, I think it's going to be more people that are uh, more, more uh, how I put it, like uh, we talk about the age of digital transformation a lot in my space. It's kind of that digital transformation of the cigar space. Listen, I we when we when we talked last year before Lazona Palooza, when I was on on all of your shows respectively, I told you that I firmly believe that this the the zoom the the, the zooming that everybody was doing during this pandemic, the companies that were active during this pandemic, reaching their customers through Zoom, doing virtual events, even even if they just hosted little podcasts like me and Jack who throw together a podcast once a week to stay relevant in the minds of our consumers. You know, you reached out, you know, when, when the pandemic hit, the first thing Eric did was sit and I saw he sat in my office, picked up the phone. He called our he called all our shops. He called all our lounges. Hey, how are you guys doing? Do you need anything? Oh, yeah. You know, if you could say Eric sent sent product, you know, he because he, he knows that if if you're not, you, you have to maintain, not only do you have to maintain a relationship with your consumer, but we can't forget the brick and mortar. The brick and mortar is, you know, the brick and mortar is the foundation, I think, of the cigar industry. And I, 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 I know that there are guys who just, you know, unfortunately, like Aaron said, Aaron doesn't live in a, there's not a lot of shops. And even if there are not a lot of shops, there are a lot of guys who don't want to sit in the cigar shop. A lot of guys want to come in, grab their three sticks. And they're gone and they'll come back in a couple of days and grab some more. So you, the shop I seen like our shop here in Miami, the shop that I go to in Miami in the last year, he's, you know, he has an online component now and, yep. and he's, and he's making sales online, you know, and, uh, it's, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to, not to mention other, other brands or anything like that, but he, he, you know, whenever he gets something, the new hotness, which is what everybody, you know, as much as we, as much as we preach, you know, we preach core and we preach core, the new hotness, Cigar smokers want it. Trip, you're a cigar smoker, and Barry, you're a cigar smoker, and mm-hmm. and and Coop and Aaron, you know, and before you guys were media, you know, you'd walk into a shop, and I can't, you know, I I can't not believe that you didn't walk up to your to your clerk or the or the owner and go, what's new? Yep. Because I've yep. seen, it. I sit yep. there, and I sit there three or four nights a week, and guys come in and they go, Alan, what's new? He goes, I have yep. this new label, I have this new Illusion, I have this new this, the new Spinoza. You got the, you know, it's it's a, it's a tender balance, you know, it's a tender, it's a, it's a difficult balance, because you know, you 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 wanna you wanna keep guys on your core stuff, you want your core stuff to be to be the flagships of your of your company, 
but you know you also have to you know you have to you have to do the new stuff and so, so, so hector to that point yeah so sorry to cut you up um no. to your point like so at cigar federation to use that as an example i always go you know there when i log in it'll say new releases small batches is a place that i order from a lot guess where i go to the first time i go to small batch and coop will probably attest to this because I always will text Coop and Bear of like, hey, have you guys had this? I go to new releases because, you know, uh, Bear, you told you on uh, one of the times that you and I connected, it was, you know, you're always in search for that perfect cigar. Like I, I'm always in search for something that is going to be like it. I probably never find it. And that's OK, because I, I smoke a, a wider range of cigars. But I, I do want to try what's new because um, I think not only is my palate changed, but I think there's no better time in my limited time that I've been smoking, no better time to be a cigar smoker because I think the, 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 uh, the bar has been set very high, I think for what's been put out in the market, not only from a quality standpoint, construction, burn, et cetera, but just, it's not all the, 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 the lines that are going to succeed are not going to be these one trick ponies because I, I know that, we've talked about this before on the show is, you know, I'll pick up a, a new cigar. It'll come from Nicaragua. Guess what? It tastes like 10 different or 10 other Nicaraguans that I picked up. The ones that are going to distinguish themselves are the new releases that, that uh, branch off of and get a little bit out of their comfort zone, but are going to up their game. And I think those are the ones that are going to succeed because you're not going to, you're not going to switch somebody off from buying their Fuentes all the time or their, whatever the opus or whatever it may be. But if you can, you know, continue to um, bring out something new, that's a little bit different, and then you're going to turn them on to other lines within your portfolio, within inside the Espinosa portfolio. I think that's a home run. Listen, you, we, I can, I can draw a music parallel right easily. When I first, when the first time I heard the Smiths and I know this, the first time I heard the Smiths, I went, wow, this is great. Same parallels walk into a shop and the guy hands me a cigar for the first time. I go, wow, this is great. What's the first thing I did after I had that cigar? I went through his back catalog. Right. Yep. Right through the yep. back catalog. Exactly. And I went to go find the I went to go listen to the first five out or the first four albums. And that's, you know, and that's and that's it. That's that's I think it's it's a it, it might be too cheesy of a of a parallel, but I think it makes a lot of sense for me. I find a band, I find a new song that I like, a new band that I like. Wow, this is great. What did their old stuff sound like? Let me go back. And that's how, you know, we can get, you know, that's, that's one of the ways that I think that we can, we can bring guys to the brand after with the new release that they, that they'll go back and say, Hey man, this is really good. What else do you guys make? hundred percent. So and, and that kind of goes back to what Aaron was saying about uh, companies that don't necessarily have a back catalog. All they do is new stuff. Yep. They, well, but that's, they don't have that. Like you try it and you're like, Oh, that's really good. I'll try the next new thing. But you're not building like a customer that is going to go back through and discover the old stuff and find things that he really likes. Well, and if it's a company that does limited stuff, and you know, there's no there's no concrete co timetable on when that stuff's going to come out. When yeah. does A, B, and C come out? Oh, he might make it in two years. You know, that's that's you might lose a sale. You might not. You might lose. Hector, guy. I can't yeah. believe you're calling Viaje out like that. Uh, right on on Bear Show, I can't believe you're calling Viaje out like that. <laughs> Oh, Maybe he thinks I want a job or something. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit different on that though, because like, you know, all of us here, we need to try the new stuff because we all do reviews. So we, and everybody wants to know what the new stuff is like. But 
I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit too nostalgic, but I love going and smoking the old stuff that I first started smoking when I, back in the late 90s, you know, when I first started smoking cigars. I still, <laughs> I still to this day, go back and smoke, a, like, just a regular punchline, the Hoyt and Monterey Excaliburs. VSG was the first cigar, true but, premium cigar but, but I ever ben, had. But, Ben, would you go back and write a review now on it, based on a, uh, on, on a cigar that's in the market 10 years? Yeah. No, I'm t I'm talking about as a just a as a consumer. consumer. I got you as a consumer. Yeah. Yes, but as right. a reviewer, as a reviewer, you know we don't. Nobody, nobody's ever going to send you a ten year old cigar. Hey, can you review this? That cigar's been in the market for ten years. Who's going to you know? That's true. Yeah, that's true. But at, like when I go, like when I go to shops here, like I, now I'm, I'm exploring around Dallas, and we have hundreds of shops. It seems like, right? I could go probably go to a, a different shop every day. I don't know if I'd ever, you know, but. When I go, I do like looking for the new stuff or stuff that I, you know, that I couldn't get. Because like when I was in Tallahassee, those there's cigar shops there, but they didn't really keep up to date with. You got about, three. You had three cigar going. shops in Tallahassee. Three. I, actually, we got there's six. Now there's six. Okay. There's six. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. But like when I'm here, there's a lot of stuff I couldn't get in Tallahassee. So when I'm here, it's like. Even stuff that came out two years ago to me is still new. So I'm grabbing that. But even when I grab that stuff, I'm still grabbing. I'll still grab like an LFD, a double Lajero, you know, Maduro. I'll grab that. I'll grab an Excalibur. I'll grab that old stuff just because sometimes I just want to sit down and enjoy a cigar. Not have to pick it apart. And, and I just get that nostalgia feeling when I, I smoke some of the older stuff, you know, or some of the original line, you know. Like all six oh ones, I've I've loved those forever. I I'll grab them. I grab anything. I, I like all the old stuff too. I don't have to. It has to be the newest, and the greatest. But no, it's I, kind I, of the I, name I, of the game. Listen, I I it's it's it's. I think when you find a uh, a manufacturer that you like, it's so much easier to go back through his cattle, go back through the stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I've never tried this or I've never tried that. But you already know you you know you know you're in for for a good you're a, a good time. You know you're in for a good experience. You know, hopefully. right. Uh, you know, yeah. but even I do. I walk in and I said, "What's new? Hey, try this. This is the the new Terrence. Just they came out with this uh, Supreme Leaf. Or I'll try it. I, I have to. Not only do I want to try it as a consumer, but as you know, as the manufacturing arm of the company, I got to try it. I got to see what's new. What? Hey, what? Hey, this is good. I mean, is this a, is this going to be a trend now? Same thing when you know you sit there and you go, "Hey, what what came out new? Well, you know, we're we're seeing a run of Churchills, or you know, or or you know, Corona Gordas are making a are making a comeback. You know, you, you got to be on top of these things. So you you yourself can decide. Well, you know, I think we're going to do this project, or maybe we're going to do a line extension, a limited line extension. Let's see if that if that size is going to hit with what we make already. So you know, it's it's uh, it, this is an everyday job. People think this is the greatest job I've ever had. I want you to understand that. <laughs> this is the greatest job I ever had. I go to work. I mean, I've, I'm retired now. I've been retired a week, a month and a uh, five weeks now. I get up in the morning and I go to work, even though I, I kind of feel like a, a young rookie. I get there and I make coffee. I'm like one of the first guys in the shop. I'm in the first guy in the office. But this is the best job in the world. I, you know, I, I, I smoke cigars most of the day. Uh, you know, I'm surround. I'm, I'm around tobacco. I'm talking to tobacco guys. You know, I'm, I'm up on cigar news. What job could be better? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, we're talking about too something that you you said a, a while back about the different um, shops that do online presence. Like I I know 
my main shop that I that I visited, you know, all, pretty much daily in Tallahassee, Parkway Cigars. Like they they did a lot of foot traffic. Like a lot of people come in and out, right? Buying a lot of stuff and leaving. But when he he made he had an online presence, he was starting before COVID. But when COVID hit, oh my god, that thing just skyrocketed. Sure. I mean, the, the server the server was taxed out by the traffic, you know. And I, I that's true. Like I think it. Um, it made people some some of the we've talked about the dinosaurs before, Coop. You know the dinosaurs. Yeah. That it forced some of the dinosaurs to maybe, you know, try to try to venture off in the in base of the twenty first century, and do have an online presence, you know, and, and get their product out and stuff. Especially you know, if you're I, a shop. I, especially if you're. I'm sorry, Ben. Didn't mean to step on you there. Especially if you're a shop that's that's connected to a manufacturer, where you're going to get yeah. things that not everybody's going to get. You know, like, uh, and, and I, I use us only because, you know, we have nine or ten, nine or ten lounges now. They get, they get some stuff that not everybody gets. You know, they, we may make a, we may make a blue for them in a special size or, a, you know, and they, they, they get that, they, they'll get that traffic because, you know, they, they get the exclusive stuff from us. You know, that's, ex, that's exclusives work. I mean, a lot of people don't agree with exclusives and I know ex, exclusives and limiteds kind of mess up your production run and, and things like that. But, you know, you have to cater, you, you not, not to, not to touch the one on, on what Aaron was saying, you got to be everything to everybody, but it's a delicate balance. It's a very delicate yeah, balance, but I, you know? But I think it works well though. Like when you, it's different. Like you're, you're, you're not making, uh, you're making exclusives for your, like your lounges, the shops have your lounges and stuff like that. That to me is really cool because I know if I'm going to visit a city, and I know they have an Espinosa line with a special Espinosa. I want to make it a point to go to that shop to get that cigar. Because I'm one that I, I I try to support brick and mortar 100%. It's rare if I ever order online. And it's because I had to. At some, I just had to do it. So I love going to brick. Well, it's also because most of the people here know I, I, work, I work from home. I've been working from home since Hurricane Katrina. So I, I sit home. And if I'm in a meeting, I'm outside having a cigar while I'm in a meeting. Right. So I smoke a lot. So I like I like to go to cigar shops for the social aspect. So if I'm and if I'm going to a shop and I got several shops to pick from and I know this one has a special cigar I can only get if I go here, I'm going to that. One. So that is a huge draw for me. You know, so that to me is really cool The having a limited release every month and stuff. It, it gets it's so tiring, to be honest. It's, but, it's, it's taxing. It's taxing. Yeah. On your factory. It's taxing on your, on your, on whoever's in charge of ordering and who, you know, it's taxing on your marketing department. It's taxing on your creative department. You know, that's, that's a new band. That's a new box. That's a new five pack. That's a new sticker. Do you know as bad, as bad as, as bad as factories are as backed up as factories are now, you should see what the, the box factories are, 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 how backed up, how backed up they are. The guys who make cigar bands, they're backed up as well. I mean, everybody's backed up at, at the moment. It's crazy. Yeah. Which, yeah, and I'm glad you said that because a lot of consumers, just you know, normal cigar smokers, don't know that. Don't know they don't know that side. They just see the side where, oh, my, hopefully my shop will get this limited release, and oh, they got one box, we can only buy one or whatever. And I, I'll be honest, it's kind of a pain in the ass for the consumer trying to chase down all these different limited releases constantly sure. from all these different companies. But I mean, I you know, and I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't even think about it from your side. Like that, that is insane. Like I can only imagine what it takes to try to keep up with that and try to produce that. All right, I'll give you an example. This created a, a burst of a buzz. 
but I'll give you an example. We're going to do the, mm -hmm. let's call ourselves the Cigar Collaborative now. Our, the six of us here, are, we are the Cigar Collaborative, and we want to make a cigar. We've just decided on it. So come back to me in a week with a name. And then <clears throat> after that, let's come get together next week, the week after that, and let's come up with sizes. And then we got to come up with a scheme. Uh, are we going to do a band? Are we going to put it in a box? All right. So we got the name down. Because the name is the hardest part. Now we have to, and he blends. Hey, the factory, uh, send me this, send me a couple of cigars. I'm going to send you, send me a couple of bundles. Here are the blends I want. All right. That's going to be here in a month. Then we have to make sure everybody's together so we can smoke it. That could be a week from that. You know, now you're on, you're almost at two months now. All right. I, we like this. Uh, what sizes? Oh, I don't know. We argue for a couple of days on sizes. We agree on a size. Okay. I need, uh, make me 200 bundles and look, we don't want to, we want to make this affordable. So the consumer, you know, so, so the consumer will be able, so we're not going to put it in boxes, which is going to piss off coop. We're going to put it in 10 packs. Uh, we're going to put it in 10 packs. Mazo, yeah. And with the beloved 10 pack Mazo, we're going to have can't sell, sell it, but all right, it's going to be 90 days. So now it's, it's taken six, five, six months. And let's, let's hope that there's not a production problem. Let's hope that the bands get here in time. Let's hope that the stickers get here in time. That's our problem. I got this all. We're, we're going to call it the Bull Shark. It'll be a Corona Gorda with Ecuadorian Connecticut, San Andreas binder, and also Nicaraguan Dominican filler. Boom. We're that'll, that'll never get past. That'll never get past our collective because people don't people don't buy double Coronas. And and no, and they're very Corona say, Gorda. Oh, Corona Gordon. I'm sorry. Because yeah. Bear, Bear might want a Lancero. Eh, bro, Lanceros don't sell. You know, and then uh, <laughs> a Mexican. Uh, you know, we're going to do a Connecticut. Another Connecticut. You know, these are the, these are the, these are the situations that you find yourself in. You find, and then, and let's, let's say that you're almost done and then you get a call from your attorney. Hey, you can't use that name because that name belongs to somebody else who made a cigar back in 1873. You can't make, you can't make that. You can't use that name. Yeah, these are the things that happen. They don't happen every time, but these are the things that can happen. Oh, by the way, hey, can you make me these? I need these 210. I need these 100 bundles. Well, hold on. I can't right now because I don't have that wrapper's not ready. It's, we haven't, we're not, that wrapper's not prepared yet. So it could be two weeks before they start and they get on that. So now it's 90 days plus, now it's 104 days, you know. It, and then hopefully there's not a problem in Nicaragua. It's not, you know, there's not a holiday or, you know, or you know, there's an upcoming election there that people are going to be worried that people are going to be worried about. You know, come September, close to October, because the numbers, uh, the elections in November, have to be, there might be concerns because the last time, a couple years ago, there was a, well, there was some civil unrest there. It had nothing to do with an election, but there was some civil unrest there. So you have all these little things that can that can really you know throw a, throw a fuck up fuck up the machine. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's that's another think nice about it. Peek behind the curtain, you know. So we like, we thought about don't know. We thought about doing that today. What day is today? Today is June, today 14th. Is June 14th. That means that we'll have them here for a December release. Nobody releases cigars in December. <laughs> Nobody releases the cigars because they'll get lost. It's Christmas time. You know, so, you know, all right, let's wait till January. We'll release it in January. So that's just, you know, uh, uh, just a small glimpse into the world. You know, Which is pretty cool because you have a lot of people that think, Oh, they, this is just some cigar that they had sitting on a shelf that they need to get rid of. So we'll just. But wait a minute! Don't do some, there, are some, there are some manufacturers that do that. Let's not let's let's yeah. not let's not let's not turn a blind eye to that. Yeah, they do. Our manufacturers yeah. do. Coop, you're, I want to get your oh, take yeah. on this. Yeah. So actually, Hector pivoted into an area I wanted to talk about. 
which is good timing. So, yeah, that situation in Nicaragua, we really have to watch this right now. That could be a big wild card. And I'm more concerned about if the U.S. government gets involved with this election, what this could be. I mean, there there could be a threat of an embargo again. I mean, that, that could be a realistic thing. Um, I think it's, I, you know, I, I may be pushing the panic button, but if that election kind of goes haywire and we just kind of get involved with that, that's something we have to be very concerned with right now. Um, if that if that actually goes that way, that could throw everything off. And Hector mentioned already just just the civil unrest and stuff. We've seen what that's happened with it before. And that that I think you're going to see. Like Hector, I think you hit it on the head. I think some companies are really going to try to get some stuff out before the end of the year, for sure. For, you have to listen. Listen, yeah. you you're we, you're hoping for the better. Yeah. You pray for the people in Nicaragua, yeah. the hard work, the hardworking people in Nicaragua. You 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 yeah. you, you you pray for 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 things to go right. Yeah. You pray for for transparency in the election and that our government doesn't get a hair up their ass and 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 embargo or does something silly like that. But you have to prepare for the worst, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it, you really, you really do. It could be something we just don't know with that. Um, the other thing I'll say on the discussion you guys were having is, and we kind of hit some of this already. I think you're seeing other channels to market that companies are taking than the traditional brick and mortar now. So you're seeing some companies that you know they're selling direct, um, and they're still wholesaling. I know I get that, but I, I see some companies <coughs> lately that they kind of look at the European model where you know how they distribute in europe and they kind of look at the u.s model where you have these sales forces that have to cover large territories and they're like well, why can't we do it like in europe and kind of distribute like that and you know so you're seeing some companies that cut their sales forces um and i think you'll see more of i think you'll see some of that i think there's other companies that are going full force with a sales force like um you know what Scandinavian did with Forks right now, so they're kind of going the opposite way right now. Listen, if if we had to depend manufacturers like our like ourselves, the ones who are our level, the ones who are, and I and I, I I'm not going to use boutique anymore because that's kind of taken on a, a weird connotation. Right. But you know the the middle tier factories like ourselves, especially ones who do who do these who 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 are making up the who are who are filling the a lot of the bulk of the shelf space. In some stores, I mean, some stores, and maybe specialty is the right word, but you know, I don't, I don't know if that's the correct word as well. Do you think that it would benefit us to be part of be part of a, a large, you know, a wholesale thing where we're, we'll we'll be stuck down on that list? Where are we going? Where are we on the pecking order there? You have to. I think the success of our, you know, the success of our of our companies comes from being at the trade show. And you know that that one on one with a consumer that's never heard of you, because there are some there are companies where there are some successful companies who don't have sales force, but yet they have visible sales. You know the, the owner travels or the, the co owners travel or you know yeah. they, they have an ambassador. You have to we have to have that because it's yeah. you know it's it's very easy. If, it's it's and I give you the Miami model. This is the greatest city in the world if you're a cigar smoker, but if you like to smoke stuff that's not brand name if you're not if you're not smoking it's you're you're you got to fight yeah. you really got to fight for that shelf space yeah. and i think it's you got to have that guy who knocks on doors and pounds the pavement and walks in and hands the clerk a cigar and then hands the owner a cigar and you know this is what it's about this is our story this is where and this is and we're in the we're in the right price we're in the sweet spot price and hopefully you know you have enough charm and the cigar is good enough that the guy will say okay you know what let me have i'll give you two facings here or three facings or or whatever, and you start there. You, know, you grab some kind of beachhead, and then work your way. You know, work your way in the store. But if we if we had to depend on a wholesaler, 
that is just taking orders, you know, when does he get Despinosa after the, you know, after the top 20, after the large, you know, the, the companies that make 10 million cigars a year after he's gone through that list of 15 or 20, when is he going to get Despinosa? Or when is he going to get the other like, like sized or like minded companies? Yeah, I look at what I look at what protocol's doing, right? And it's really interesting with, with their limiteds, right? But it's a smart move what they're doing because they're basically they're giving a store the release. Um and what they do is they kind of work with that store to get the to get the cigars out, whether it's an event or online. And then they're able to sell their core stuff around that. And and protocol doesn't have, I want to say, a true sales force. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of say they, they have, have a they have a couple. I think they have a couple of reps. They have a, they have a couple, but they don't have a true. Cancel that. Cancel and Cuba Ricano, They're playing risk. They're playing risk. Yeah, they're they just, are. They're slowly. They're building their territory. They you know they're a northeast company, and they're slowly building. You know, they, Oklahoma. Now they're in Oklahoma. Now yeah. you know. Now they have. Now they have maybe a, a foundation in the middle of of the, of the country. Yeah, so they're, there yeah. they can start to you know they're playing risk. I mean it's you know a smart move. it's a smart move though what they're doing though because um, in a way it, it kind of uh, they can focus it you know focus on these key shops that could really move product and I notice when they do their events it's not just the limited release they're they're, they're promoting the core lines of course, of events, course. the events too and and Juan can go out there and look those guys sell limit I've said it a hundred times those guys are very very good at selling their limiteds. Yeah. Um, but most companies a, should look at what they're doing. Uh, they have that. a nice following, and they, they, you know, they and, do. They do, and then and he, and he's a personable guy. People love him. They do. They do. He's uh, you know they a do. retired a retired cop, who you know he's just a regular Joe. I mean you know and and and, and people love him. You know the people are drawn to him. Yeah, I mean, how many companies make a two hundred bundle or three hundred bundle order, you know, for an exclusive, and it doesn't move? And but their their cigars move. I mean, so. It's they're doing something right, is what I say. Um, you know, I, I can argue some cigars are better than others, certainly, but, you but that's the case anything. for everybody. That's the case that's with the everybody, case right? That's the case, yeah, with, it's the case everybody. with everybody, yeah. Well, gentlemen, I've really, really appreciated uh, tonight. Uh, this is this has just been a fantastic discussion, fantastic all around, great, great fun. We've had some fun with some fun topics and everything. So, I, I wanted to conclude tonight with uh, with my last question, and it's, it's always a it's always our curveball segment. So, I think I think Coop in particular will appreciate, it, but I'm going to go to Trip first on this, and this is our curveball segment. So, uh, as always, the uh, curveball segment is sponsored by Dunbar and Tobacco and Trust. Uh, remember, fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter. Since the company's inception, Steve Sock has been knocking them out of the park. Yeah, that's right. Six consecutive years on the cons consensus top three. Yep, I looked it up, and Coop even fact-checked me on it. Six consecutive years in the top three. So, um, so Chip, I'm going to come to you first. So here's the, here right. is the, here's the curveball segment, all right? The PCA trade show cannot be held in Vegas. It cannot be held in Vegas. But that's not the curveball. The curveball is it cannot be held in Florida either. The entire state of Florida is off limits. That's an easy one. Where yeah. is the PCA trade show going to be held? Trip, your pick. That's an easy one, Trip. Come on. Uh, I, I mean, I gotta say Texas. Like, Texas is the easy, the easy go-to because Texas, out of all the places I've been besides Vegas, has like the biggest the most oversized venues. And I feel like Texas would be the easiest place to get somebody to let everybody smoke inside. Maybe, maybe not. I like though. I mean, I like the PCA being in my home state. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great. Okay. That would, that, that would actually did throw me 
trip. I didn't think anyone would say Texas. That's a, that's a good pick though. I like your, I like your reasoning behind it. Um, so Ben, I'll, I'll go to you next. Not Vegas, not Florida. Where's the PCA trade show going to be beheld? Well, it blows my mind that you thought nobody would say here, but I, Dallas, too. Dallas, I would let's have it right here. Why can't we have it right here somewhere? I mean, it would be great. It's a great location. I mean, it, it obviously could hold a trade show, no problem. We got tons of hotels, restaurants, great shops to hang, have after parties or whatever we want to do. It's a great location. It's a century located, so it won't be too far of a trip for anybody. You know, I would I would say right here, right here in our backyard. Okay, I'm all for it. Sounds uh, accepted. So, uh, Aaron, you're. I'm gonna go to New Orleans. I'm gonna New Orleans. New Orleans. Um, I think even with they, their anti-smoking laws now in effect, you think we could pull it off? We did oh. already. We did already. It was a shit show, though. It was. Yeah, I I was trying to think of outside the box. I did know about the smoking ban, so there goes my being the in, uh, non-informed doofus. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking New Orleans be essentially uh, located. They did it before. Um, I think that the economy could use it they could use an influx of an event and i thought based on restaurants uh you know lodging etc i i thought maybe new orleans but it is a tourist destination that's for sure so i mean it, it's listen Aaron, I, get into. I don't know how much you were into cigars when we did the show in, in new orleans yeah you're right the hotels are there's hotels right across the street from the convention center you walked across the street to the convention center. Nobody realized how long that convention center is uh, from where you walked in a mile to where our, our, our thing was. We were at the very end. But we had so many problems with places to smoke. And then, you know, there was a, there was a couple of guys who got rolled because they were down, you know, they were down where they shouldn't be. And taxi drivers didn't want to drive you anywhere. It was, it was kind of a problem. It was kind of a problem. Hotel, hotels and food, nobody complained about that. The hotels and food were, were perfect. Yeah, I can okay, tell you, I would love to. I would love to go back home. To be honest, and have go to a trade show. I, I mean, it would be easy sell for me. But the it's gotten more anti-smoking since our last trade show there. Like the the new mayor, she hates any kind of smoking. Like it took forever to get some of the shops that have been there forever to be allowed to have smoking in their own shops. Like when they did, she came in. She wanted anti-smoking everywhere, no exceptions, no nothing, even existing cigar shops. So it's it it breaks my heart, but it's almost impossible to do it there. Now. Okay, well then I'll change my I'll change my my answer to Phoenix. I'll go to Phoenix. A lot of good cigar mm. shops in front of Arizona. That's a good one too. That's yeah. a great great selection. Yeah, it's a great pick. And it's got good golf for you too, Aaron. So yeah, right, exactly. Well, all my I mean, my my folks have a place in Scottsdale. When I go out there, you know, you guys were talking about different cities that have multiple cigar shops. Phoenix area. Um, has got a ton of lounges, and uh, you know they could probably host it there. So, so New Orleans is out, Hector. You already gave us the reasons there. What's your What's your pick? Listen, I love the idea of Texas. I love the idea of Texas. I believe. I mean, from what I I haven't heard anything negative about smoking in Texas. I think Texas would be great. However, if you could not find a venue, there's a there's a one A and a one B. I think Texas is one A. If you could not find a venue because of smoking and cigar smoking, I think any large Indian or Native American reservation oh, there you go. as a casino would be fantastic. 
because yeah. it encompasses what guys like to go to do in Vegas and do, which is to gamble and, and drink and, and eat. You can do that there. You could smoke anywhere in the casino. Uh, Native Americans have always been, you know, always been uh, front tobacco friendly. It's just a matter of is there a casino big enough in, you know, in, in the Northeast or maybe in the middle of the country that could host, you know, that could host, uh, you know, three or four thousand people coming to do it. We but start World Casino in uh -huh. World Casino in Thackerville, Oklahoma, just uh, just north of the border, man. You'd fly into DFW and listen. I mean, I just an hour I, highway. I was I go to I, trip knows I go to the Northwest once a year now. And that's mm -hmm. the biggest problem in, in, in those states, finding a place to smoke. But yeah. the only place you can smoke with no issue, inside the Indian casino, inside any, anything owned by Native Americans. Yeah, you could actually, there's um, the Choctaw Nation has a huge casino not far outside of Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, it's called Philadelphia, Mississippi. It's called Silver Star. And it's, it's massive. You could do it there too, as but it's in the middle of nowhere. As, 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 long, yeah, as long as it's close to a, an international, uh, an airport, an international airport, or at least a connecting hub, a big enough hub where yeah. you don't have to land on a Buddy Holly plane, I think it would be it would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be great. I Coop, love that idea. But they won't call. The PCA won't call me. Scott, call me, bro. I got ideas. All right. Coop. Okay, so. I'm gonna go from what I know what was going on a bit with the PCA, all right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna assume we have to get a venue big enough to hold this convention where you can smoke. And I'm gonna go Louisville. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's been talk about Louisville. I know it's been talked about, but I think for what the PCA is looking to do, which is basically, you know, you have the bourbon industry there. I think it would be right. a good move for them. And I think the, 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 there was talk about potentially an RFP at some point going to Louisville, where I think it was open for that possibility. The only concern I have with Louisville is it's the airport. You know, it's probably going to be a tough flight for a lot of people um, going in and out of Louisville because you're going to have to take two flights. And that could be the only issue I see with that. Mm. I mean, I've heard Indianapolis thrown around. And I've heard St. Louis at one point was making a play for this a few years ago, where St. Louis was very interested in this. So I think somewhere in that midway, but Louisville would still be my pick just because I think what they're looking to do, and if you're going to make this an event, not just a sales event going forward, I think it would make a lot of sense to have it in Louisville. And you have a lot of retailers who could probably still get the reach to Louisville directly uh, from flights to, from Chicago, New York. So um, Charlotte, I mean, so I think, I think Atlanta, so I think Louisville will be my pick. So what do you think about what do you think about the casino the, the casino the Indian reservation um they've got to have the hotels around that area to do it or in it the, a hotel large enough in there so they have the, so that they have a venue big that would be my question is is the hotel big enough to house a convention of this uh, it's still it's still not a small convention by any means um that would be my only concern with that um but I mean I think I think Oklahoma's got casinos right in the yeah. Indian yeah. But it, but it's in Thackerville, Oklahoma, which is like really tough to get to, right? So that would, that would, you'd have to find an Indian reservation near a, a metropolitan area to do it. I mean, the only have, I think you only have one international airport in Oklahoma. It's Will Rogers, and I don't. Yeah, it's, it's three hours and, away from Thackerville, though. Yeah. yeah but, oh, wow, wow. Uh, yeah. so you, Bears, casinos Bears are not like a, Yeah, you fly into DFW, drive an hour up the up the road up thirty five to Thackerville. Um, you could well, also an hour from Dallas. That's not bad. Thackerville's well, out by uh by Fort, Fort Smith, Arkansas. So it's it's no, it's, that's it's Durant. Over. You're thinking of Durant. Durant. That's the uh, that's the other large casino. That's Choctaw. Okay. 
The problem uh, I see is 4,000 Ubers driving an hour north of Texas. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, that's that's that. that be there's the- nothing else to do there. That's the only. Is problem. there? Aren't there any? Aren't there? Isn't there a big Indian casino in in, in Connecticut? I want to understand. But Connecticut, Foxwoods. Foxwoods. but I don't think it's yeah. that big, and I I don't believe you can smoke in there. Cigar Fish and I pulled. They had big smoke there a few years, and they pulled out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I So I don't know quite. I mean, that would if they can get a smoking exemption, it would make a lot of sense if they could do it. Because you can, that's not a tough flight from – that's not a tough drive from Boston or Hartford to do it. Yeah. You, Even you New York. New York would be a couple hours, but – you mentioned it really briefly. Louisville's definitely my pick, but you mentioned it really briefly there, Coop, for two seconds. I'm I'm wondering why Atlanta never gets mentioned in these conversations. It's the it's, it's the, the, it's the retail smoking. capital. Anti smoking. It's the smoking issue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, very anti smoking there. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to smoke anywhere around there. You Look, can smoke I've, outside Atlanta, but a convention center that's where it gets very difficult. I've been talking. I've been talking about Seminole Hard Rock for years, but and now they just built that new hotel. I don't know. They, I never hear. I never get to any further than yeah. than just talk. Yeah. Orlando was as bad as New Orleans was. Orlando was just as bad. Yeah, I heard. It, I heard Charleston no, talked about too. There was no connecting hotel to the to the convention center, so everybody was off in their own in their own thing, doing their own thing. After My, you know, uh, they they did meet at a hotel and they met in front of Corona for a couple nights because there were some parties there, but it wasn't the same, you know? I thought it was a good convention, though, that year. I thought the convention said well, did a great job that year. No, but I'm talking about the, after, you know, the where the where, where the people just flow from one, one venue to the other, the nightlife part. They, 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 that has right. to be better done by, by I don't think IPC did a good job of coordinating that that year. I agree with the nightlife. And Corona had some stuff. There was a... World, a Drew party and a Miami cigar party. Yeah, there was World of Beers did something. Uh, Taranio did something one place uh, across the street from the convention center, but it was outdoors. And the problem is a lot of that like, like, was outdoors. Like, here's the thing with Vegas. Like, most of now the after stuff was going outdoors a couple of years ago, and I didn't want to be outdoors uh, even at night there. I mean, it It's was- just as bad. It was awful in Orlando. It was hot in New Orleans. I mean, we went to that one cigar place in New Orleans, and it looked like a firefighter training class. You couldn't <laughs> see the smoke from your waist up. You couldn't see anybody. You ended up pouring out into the street where it was it was like a hundred percent humidity. Yeah. It was awful. It was, it was awful. It, it, yeah, that was Don Leoncio's on Canal Street. Yeah, that was a oh, uh, oh. place. Yeah, my uh, my dad's building a Hard Rock in Rockford, Illinois. We could go to Rockford. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Let's get you that. Yeah. Uh, let's do that for sure. You can get a concert too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Get a Absolutely. concert. Two beers, be two birds with one stone for sure. Yeah. There was talk. I know they tried to go to Chicago a few years ago, but they couldn't get they couldn't get the the smoking thing overturned. They were, they were looking. They do a pipe convention out there, but but the problem yeah, is the, it's a, it, the biggest the biggest one in the world actually is in it, Chicago. Yeah, but it's still not big enough for for the IPCS PCA is what I heard, I was told. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, going, going by going by all the all the stuff we're talking about that's required. Um, like if you if you think about where I'm from in Biloxi, Mississippi, right? The Coast Coliseum is big enough to house this convention. There's a bunch of casinos, more than just one. We got. I mean, there's a ton of them. Right. The only problem is they're not. You can't walk back and forth, right? Because the way on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, the why they're all spread out is because 
a lot of the beaches are considered wildlife refuge areas, right? They're protected, federally protected, not just the state level. So you have a casino here that a mile down the road, you'll have a casino a mile, you have another one. They can't walk back and forth, but there's plenty of casinos there. There's tons of nightlife. There's all kinds of stuff going on there, you know, but the Coliseum would easily house a trade show. But a, other than that, it's not enough. There's not enough there, though. Either. I have a question for you guys, and I, I don't know, just based on what about Nashville? The smoking was the issue there. I was told. Oh. Yeah, and same with Atlantic City. Like, the, like Atlantic City is another one. I think that would make some sense. But I heard that's what I've been told. Is like they, why they weren't options like Nashville and Atlantic City was because of smoking. I wasn't. I wasn't in the industry when they did Houston. I don't know how how Houston worked out, but they haven't been back so. I don't understand why they haven't been back to Houston either. That one I never understood why, and I've heard good things about the Houston shows. Ben, you were at the Houston shows. It, it's not. It's not like um, I don't know that that would that would doesn't make sense. I don't know what the issue with that was, but I mean, like that's you got to find a state for one. Let's just start at the state level. Got to start at a state and pick a spot that is. It doesn't have to be smoker friendly, but it can't be anti-smoking, right? Right. Yeah. The, Texas, the Texas is, definitely fits that. You have to legally be able to get uh, a license to smoke in the building, whatever that means. Yes. Yeah. Right. An so pretty much in, te- in Texas, you got. I mean, let's hell. We're talking about Bear, El Paso, uh, San Antonio. Austin is out. You won't have it. Austin, there's no way in hell. Uh, yeah, Dallas, Houston. I mean, you. There's a lot of options here in Texas, and Texas is. I mean, they're not. They're they're smoker friendly. So there's not many places here that are outright outright just said, no smoking. We're not doing that. Yeah. So, in a lot of states, smoking indoors is just outright illegal. It yeah. Is right. Considered a business. Yeah. You know, the Indian app. I heard something that the stadium there was a possible option, but I think it was too big. Um, the stadium with a Colts play, and they have a retractable roof. But I heard you know, it was just too big. The stadium makes a lot of sense, actually. It, it does, but the problem is I think it was too big for yeah. what, what the industry could afford. But I heard that was an option that, that was potentially on the table at one point. Um, I mean, all yeah. indications from the interviews I did in the last couple of weeks is they have no plans to move this out of Vegas anytime soon. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, that's nothing, that's, there's nothing like Vegas in July, baby. But... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but it's we, a dry we, heat, Hector. Yeah, but you know yeah. what? My balls, still, my balls don't feel it dry. But right, here's the here's the thing about Vegas, though. <laughs> I've said this: there's not a lot of options they have, right? And I don't, th- and I still think TPE is going to get hit with a nor'easter in, in a part of the country, and it's going to decimate the show when it happens with people getting there. Because all you need is a nor'easter uh, in the Northeast or a snowstorm in Chicago or snowstorm out of Atlanta, and it's going to wreck so much havoc with air travel in January. I think that. That's a problem. Now, if I was if I was PCA, I look at what TPE did in May and try to get that May spot. I think that's an ideal time to go. I think yeah. that would be much better if they could do that. That's like the same time that that TPE had there is like was mid May. That would be a great move. They should look at it. that's what something I would look at to do. Definitely. Now, no. I think the problem. I think here's the other problem. I think is we no one used to complain about Vegas when the show was in late July or in August, right? It's what happened is I think there was some group of the Sands that came in there and basically took over that time. Yeah. And they ended up having to move the show to the Las Vegas Convention Center. People hated it there. So they move it back to the Sands and they put this they make this terrible decision to put this thing around 4th of July. 
which which to yeah. me yeah it was, yeah, the, it was yeah, the best selling weekend in just about any cigar shop in the country. Absolutely. Yeah. Biggest, one of the biggest right. selling weekends of the year. Right. That's where they yeah. screwed up. They, in, in my opinion, I would have still tried to make the lot. No one complains about the Las Vegas Convention Center for TPA. So I think, I don't know. I just think they did a bad job at, at promoting. You know, if they could have got the Las Vegas Convention for late July, then just do it. Like, and I don't think you'd have the issue and just work on some of the things with these venues to make it better. I, I think a big yeah. part of it being at the Las Vegas Convention Center is people didn't want to stay at the, the uh, Westgate. The West but, they Westgate. but they don't complain about it for TPE. I mean, they go to the Sahara. People go to the well, Sahara. I, I think part of it is that a lot of people who probably went to that uh, IPCPR hadn't been to TPE yet. Yeah. And so they had booked hotels assuming it would be at the Sands or assuming Convention Center didn't feel that far from the right. Venetian. Uh, and then suddenly they realized it's a mile and a half away and one mile of that is the parking lot of the convention center yeah. <laughs> but yeah but yeah ben you and i remember when these shows were in august i mean you yeah. and i remember there was an this was mm-hmm. an august this was really an august event you went to uh in, yeah whether it was vegas or new orleans these were august events right and the, the my understanding is the reason that it originally moved is because microsoft came in yeah. and took over microsoft came in and they, they lost that time and they wanted and they the problem is they I just think they, they kind of miscalculated they they really miscalculated the logistics around the surrounding area of the trade show. And they should have maybe worked with some of these other hotels like the Sahara, the Wind. I don't think they I don't know why that yeah. didn't happen, but they ended up going with the Westgate and that pissed everyone off. And also well, the, the, the Westgate was also early, heavily early July. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, I was just gonna say the Westgate at the time of the show was under heavy renovation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then they had that yeah. outbreak of whatever flu thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, Nor- the norovirus. Yeah. The, yeah. That's a yeah. And, and then the big question is, what's going to be the IPC, the PCA jinx for this year? There's always a jinx that they have every year. Something always happens, like out of their control. They got to find a new bit though. They can't have another fire. They already did that bit, so they, they, they got to find they, something else. They got to. The, yeah, the nor- they've had norovirus. They've had COVID. Uh, they've had. You know, I don't know what this year is going to be. It's like, but something's going to happen. It just never fails. They just, the PCA cannot get a break. It seems like just something's going to happen. Well, it's probably going to be something also, stupid like Christian Iroa gets the first like $20,000 fine for smoking outside a designated area or something. I, I, I funny, came up with Scott and Scott didn't even want to talk about it. He's like, don't jinx me on this as I can the other night. So, yeah. Also, the other reason I heard that they moved it earlier was because actually it was a lot cheaper. To have yeah. it earlier than when they did too, so it, it saved PCA a lot of money. Yeah, but I, I'm with I'm with Hector, and maybe because I'm a big fat dude, I'm sick of burning my ass up going to these trade shows. I mean, I never forget the first Vegas trade show that I went to. The first day I walked to, to that walkway going across the the highway there, I remember opening the door and it was it was like early afternoon Ooh, and i felt like i walked i felt like i walked into an oven i remember i walked I took a step out i said holy shit and i went yeah. well, i had to step back in and brace myself to go back out again i was like I, wow I was, this is hot as hell I hey do you want to do you want to go eat at that nope is it in the hotel nope i'm not going fuck that and by the <laughs> way aaron you're you're gonna have to deal with that going from treasure island to uh to the convention center you're gonna go over yeah. that so you'll, you'll you'll feel that uh because i've stayed at treasure treasure island's actually a really good place to stay um, it's it's nice hotel for the price, yeah. but that's the one bad thing is that walking that that walk is gonna feel like oh. yeah yeah. But I do like the smoking rooms they have though at, at Treasure Island. I I, I, I like Treasure Island. 
because I could smoke I, in my room for, for, for the price point. Like I said, it's a it's a good hotel for the value and where you are on the on the yes. on the strip and everything. It, it, it definitely, I've yep. stayed there about three times, and a lot of people from the show stay there. It isn't like, you know, I know Nick Perdomo stayed there a few times, and uh, you know I've stayed there a few times. So it's there's definitely a good presence there of, of people from the trade show. Well, gentlemen, I'm I'm in awe of tonight. I, I can't say it again. I can't say it enough. I can't say I'll, I'll say it again. I, I, I just I'm I'm so appreciative to all of you for staying on, staying on late uh, for our two other guests that uh, that, that popped on. Uh, I mean, shoot, again, we'll just mention again, Luciano lands lands in El Salvador and he jumps on 20 minutes later. Yeah. Uh, just unbelievable. Um, Carney didn't even respond. He just jumped on. You know, I sent out the message and he just jumped on. And uh, uh, this has just been an absolutely spectacular, great discussion as always. Uh, some of the, my favorite people in this industry, some of my favorite people in the world. Yep. And uh, I can't thank you all enough for doing this for me. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up tonight's show. Um, the best pinch hitters in the cigar industry right in front of me. I, I love it. I appreciate it. I can't thank you enough. Um, for our audience out there, thanks for staying up late with us. Thanks for bearing with us on the late start. Uh, but this was uh, this was a fantastic ride, a fantastic run, and and uh, I just really really appreciate everyone for tuning in tonight. If you're checking us out later, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, download, uh, and review. We really appreciate all of those. And uh, for everyone out there, I'm Bear Duplissy, live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. This was our 172nd take. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time.